Hello, everybody. This is Free Netflix Online, and we have a special, very special episode where we're going to try and discuss Israel-Palestine. Okay, everybody. And wait, wait, wait. Uh, sorry. We brought in an expert for this, uh, our resident expert, Scott Gaughan, who read one book on the issue, Israel versus Palestine. Why don't you give us the book that you read there, Scott? Uh, it's great to be here, Tim. Thanks for having me uh, to, to discuss this. Uh, uh, the book, Israel vs. Palestine, that's what it's called, right there. Yeah. That's a good title. That is a good title. I'll give a shout out to our boy, uh, Paul Middleton. Paul Middleton. For very, writing it. Very knowledgeable about the subject, I'm assuming. Yeah, it book, seems like a thin book, though, Oh, yeah. Scott. It only really goes to 96 pages, because after that, it just explains... Because, see, after that, it's, it explains who the people are. Ah, uh, the people, like, the, like, yeah. The people will give a description. Yasser Arafat. Yeah. So. He, he'll come up in this story. And then we'll fi- finally find out what Hamas is. I've been hearing that forever. I, had, I have no clue what you know, it is. I used to think it was the a division between Hamas and Baba Ganoush. Yeah. Honestly, uh, I, thought it was, I thought it was a dip as well. I like to think that, you know, our, our <laughs> the people listening here, because everyone knows about Israel versus Palestine, but, you know, do they know the first thing about it or well, the last thing? Scott, how about, how about you give us – so what, what's going on in Israel – Palestine right now like what what's the current uh climate the of cur- the situation the current there? climate is what i'm least educated about i'll tell you that but it's like so you have israel you have palestine there's uh uh israel's kind of occupying palestinian uh land i suppose yeah but you know and the palestinians who, who says it's palestinian land that's right. the whole thing okay yeah. all right so there's there's a argument let's say over land that's currently occupied by israel and there's Palestinian settlements within those lands on the West Bank and Gaza Strip. Is that correct, Scott? Okay, you know that is. Is that a fair correct. statement? Because I don't want to call it uh, occupied territory. Occupied These territory. These are the terms that I've heard. That's good. Okay, because we got to be we got to toe a line. Here's here. the thing: we can't just start right at the present day because the book doesn't. Here's the thing: the, yeah, well, the book doesn't. <laughs> Here's what I love and hate about the well, book. Well, okay, let's jump back to... Here's, what the, here's where okay, the book you, is, is wrong, is that it only goes up until when it was written. Right. Which was uh, before Obama. What, what year does it go up to? It looks I don't like know. an old book that you'd find in a library. I don't know like when, one but... One of the books that you would never read. It mentions like, George Bush in it, the second George Bush. That's pretty good. So but that's the last... That's the last president it, it got to. That's the last we've heard of Paul Middleton. <laughs> All right. Well, we can pick that part up after the yeah. George Bush administration, I suppose, um, later. Because, you know, this whole thing goes back thousands of years. Now, how – okay. Start, start us off then, Scott. Now, you're saying thousands of years. I know you may think it goes – I, it starts back in uh, 1948. <laughs> no, that's all right. Ni- 1947 is when the UN declared the uh, Jewish state. But no, I do not think it goes back okay. just to 1948. 1917 is when Britain seized Palestine, uh, seized Palestine from the Ottoman Empire. That could be a good place to start. Ooh. But you want to go back thousands of years. So take yeah. us through it, Scott. What do For you got? For me, I want. I need to go back thousands to of the, years. where the book starts. All right, start us where the book starts, Scott. Well, it starts. Well, first, it, it, it's basically Israel is Jews, what? Palestinian, Arabs. That's this. There's a separation right there. That's to, to break it down for the layperson. 
Right. But Jews, aren't there... Arabs, a.k.a. Muslims. Right. Okay. Yeah, right. It, <laughs> Are these the terms of <laughs> the book These may sound crude. I don't to know. Say that, this but. Paul Middleton guy wrote this book in the early 2000s <laughs> before, before the current uh, 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 tiptoeing climate. Well, it we're it in. goes back to God. It all goes back to God. That's where this whole thing is gets tricky. With Israel and Palestine, because the authority of it is God. Anyway, it goes right. back to so, God. Right. What is this God concept giving here giving that you're about? Abraham the promised land? Okay, Abraham. The religious figure. Yeah. The biblical figure. Yes. Okay. So God gives Abraham the promised land. A- Abraham is a... Abraham, he was the grandson of Jacob. That's just... We don't care about Jacob. So you ever heard of the word Canaan? C-A-N-A-A-N. No. No? That just refers to the whole land in general. So like the land was promised to the Jews. The right. promised land. So all of... The current Middle East, you're saying, so yeah. Syria, Jordan, uh, Israel, it, that's Lebanon. That's the thing is, it wasn't it wasn't clear what the land, where or what the land was. So this is okay. So so like the land was promised to the Jews, mm-hmm. but Israel still didn't exist at that point. Right. Like it was just like a theoretical like promised land. Right. Okay. Okay. So like we're good with that. Here I wrote down in, on my notes, Hebrew equal landless aliens. I don't uh, It must be a pure translation. Or, I don't know. Well, you, you want to Google Translate that one? <laughs> it probably... We, it, could, we could Google Translate. It, Hebrew. Hebrew, okay. And I have talk. a pure equal sign, and then it says landless aliens. Are you, are you sure you didn't get high? I don't think just, I... Uh, oh, man, this is I already... I really hope this comes up for me. Because I don't know if I just wrote that down out of disgust. Okay, so I just write Hebrew. Maybe write equals. I'm just, it's going to detect, it detects English, obviously. Okay, I'll just Google it. Hebrew means landless alien. Yeah. I like how you just wrote this down. You didn't confirm it yourself. Well, Paul Middleton wrote it in his book. Oh, okay, all right. It does, doesn't it? Hebrew. I don't know. I'm having trouble here, Scott. Self-identifying ethnicity. Now we're just reading stuff. Okay. Who are... Oh. We can carry on. Yeah. That might be a... We can come back to that. (laughs) Aliens and strangers in the Old Testament. I don't know. We'll just have to believe Paul Middleton that Hebrew... Okay, so then... Means landless equals landless. So there was always pretty much Arabs and Jews in that space and even at this time thousands of years ago and they're living they're living like in the middle east like around jerusalem and things like that but they're are they peaceful are they warring what's going on there as far as i can tell it's it's they're not really in war then here's the thing the jews wander around egypt do you remember this moses moses they wander around egypt so they wander into egypt they just they just wander around the desert well how'd they get to egypt so they wandered. I don't know where they want. They, so they wandered. wandered. They wandered around the desert. It's a long wander. They go from Jerusalem. And then while the Jews were doing that, yeah. the Arabs were still there occupying the land. So they were just like, hey, Jews, let's just go wander for a bit. And they end up in Egypt somehow wandering. And then the Arabs are like, man, all the Jews are gone. I wonder if they're coming back from their wander. Yeah. Let's occupy this land until they uh, yeah. get back thousands of years later. Abs- that's absolutely okay. right. Okay. All right. You got... 
And so then, and then actually, as I rode there a thousand years later. Oh, nice. So <laughs> that's, we're jumping ahead a thousand years here. What year does that bring us to, the a thousand year jump? Uh, so it'd bring us to like 1,000. It'd actually bring us to before Jesus Christ still. Okay. We are still BC. All right, that's good. And then a thousand years later. After the Egypt wandering. Yeah, after the Egypt wandering, the Jews are like, you know what? Maybe we need a leader that's not God. This is when they decide to do that. And now, is this still in the Bible, or is this? This like, is all. This is all in the Bible. Oh, like, this is all this Bible is like, stuff. So the Jews are, <laughs> the Jews are like, we need somebody other than God here. I'm gonna say some things here that will ring bells. All right. Sorry, I'll let you go. I'll let you go. Go. For and it. then their first leader was a guy named Saul. He was a king. Oh, King Solomon. King Solomon. Oh, you know him personally. <laughs> I see. Yeah. I call him Saul. Yeah. Better call Solomon. <laughs> says here he was chosen for his height and good looks. That's how they would choose. That's Man, still... I could be the leader of the Jewish people. I got the height. I got the good looks. Fuck. Oh, sign He's got to be over like back then the height. You really didn't have to be that much that tall anyway. Yeah. Probably like 5'3". You could, and then you could so rule a whole people. Saul as a... Uh, no, actually, I don't know if Saul... So I think Solomon's a different guy, actually. Saul's son was David. Who replaced him as king. Right. The kingdom of David. Gotcha. Okay. Does that sound familiar? Sounds somewhat you ever familiar. heard so this? David and Goliath. Same that David? is the same David. That's the guy. That's the that is the guy. Ah. The star of David. That same guy? That's the same guy. Oh man. The Israel flag is the star of David. Gotcha. Yeah. I didn't know that until And you know, David and Goliath is a metaphor. Not a real story. Right. Is this important? Or it is go, a, go for the, it. The, the metaphor is Israel and Palestine back then. Oh. Like, pretty much, it's basically the Jews versus the Arabs. Ooh. Goliath being... But Arabs back then, really, they're using a term Philistine. I've heard of the Philistines. 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 So David would be the Jew... <laughs> you see, really? You gotta no. be careful when you say Jew, Scott. <laughs> like, the way you said it there, and uh, and a little English on it. Goliath is uh, the the Philistines, right? He's representing that, but it's all metaphor that they right. took them over metaphorically. Gotcha. You know, there was no slingshot. So David, the Jewish king, beat Goliath, which in the story is representing the Palestinians of today, which at the time were called. Philistines. Philistines, yeah. So, but, so there really were no Palestinians at that time. That's what makes it tricky for the Palestinians to build a case, right? Because they didn't. They never grouped. Well, we'll keep going through. Well, the we're going back we'll to biblical going. times we'll on this going. case building here, but and so, yeah, David did all that. David's son was Solomon. That's the thing. Not Saul. Not Saul. Saul was Solomon's granddad okay the temple of solomon you ever heard of that no nah. oh well <laughs> <laughs> all right okay so now now so david's established a kingdom in modern day israel right yeah pretty much jerusalem okay i'm trying to yeah so eventually the temple of solomon gets burned down that's not good 
and then it was rebuilt later, calling the Second Temple. Okay, you know, and uh, you know the Western Wailing Wall. Yeah, the one everyone I've heard of that. That is like a piece of this of the temple that they're talking about right here. The Temple of Solomon. Yeah. Okay. A little fun fact for you. That's fun. I'm having. All right, now we're at uh, 600 BC. Okay. Around 600 BC. Oh, actually, everything kind of stayed pretty similar. Until around 63 B.C. And then Romans came. Ah. Mm -hmm. So basically, right now, you just established that Israel believes, modern-day Israel believes they have a somewhat of a, a religious claim to this land yeah. through Abraham. They left, wandered the desert. Arabic people were in the land. David beats Goliath, the Arabic people, establishes this kingdom in Jerusalem, Puts this temple up. Temple burns down for some odd reason, uh, yeah. which you really didn't get into. And I now, think it burned down because of the the Goliath. Uh, oh, they the, uh, some sort of an uprising. Yeah. Okay, and now Rome, dominating. Yeah. Best franchise around the New England Patriots of back then. Uh huh. Come storming into town. Yeah, their offensive line cannot be stopped. Really. <laughs> yeah, not at all. They're they're opening up blocks and pass here. They're going the end zone. All right, what do we got? So this happened. The Romans come, 63 BC, looking for the title. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so Emperor Titus, that's when they destroyed the second temple, which all re that remains of the second temple is that wailing wall. Right, okay. So that's why it's just the wall now. Yeah, it's not okay. a wailing building. Or yeah. wailing four walls, or even three. It's just one left. Just the one. Yeah. They couldn't finish the job, those Romans. Is that why they're wailing? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Paul Middleton never, uh, never got, got to into that. that one. Yeah, that probably sounded and so And here it says, well, it, it says, as in what I wrote down a few weeks ago, that then after this, the Jews were forced to exile for millennia. That's, That's a long a fancy time. fancy word there. So, so Rome comes in, exiles all the Jewish people from Jerusalem, is what you're saying. Pretty much. Okay. And then, now we're at 600 AD. Oh. Like, a thousand years later. Like a, wow. I guess Big it was jumps. a millennia. So, where do all these Jews go in the meantime? They pretty much travel around the Middle East. So... They're just wandering. Yeah. So really, a lot of this shit is about Jerusalem. Like, Muslims feel they have a claim to Jerusalem because that's where Muhammad ascended into heaven. Okay. Like, hey, here's another question for you. So it, Abraham had two sons, right? Yeah. Now, one of them is more Muslim and the other one's more Jewish-based, right? Is that... Is there anything on that, or am I just uh, talking I think out you're of, probably right. Am I talking out of here? Let's. This might be worth a Google, yeah. and I could edit out any of this. Because uh, the one, shit. Abraham's one son was Jacob. Yeah, okay, Abraham. And he's definitely, like, the Jew, sons. the Jew one. The Jewy one. Yeah, so. <laughs> or Jew one. Maybe there's a, a, a shawarma-making uh, son. Oh, <laughs> baby Scott, you got to. Uh. <laughs> Isaac and Ishmael, is that it? I don't uh, know. All right. Ishmael, a Muslim prophet, 
of God and son of Prophet Muhammad, while Judaism and Christian figure Isaac ah. is, uh, is the, the uh, Jewish prophet. Okay, yeah. And then uh, Jacob was his grandson. Oh. That's, where I'm, that's where I'm wrong. Not his, not his real son. Okay, give me a sec here. Okay, okay. Sorry, we can edit some of this out. So, uh, Abraham decided to move stuff, whatever, whatever, something, something. Isaac's birth. When Abraham was 100 years old and his wife 90, oof, dry <laughs> vagina, Sarah gave birth to a son, Abraham, called Isaac. So Abraham, I read that badly. Okay. Uh, and circumcised him on the eighth day, making him a party to the holy covenant GD had established with Abraham. Ishmael. As we know, Isaac was not Abraham's firstborn, for Hagar had borne him Ishmael 13 years earlier. But Ishmael and had he not was a young up. 87. Yeah. <laughs> Ishmael. <laughs> Ishmael had not grown up as his father had hoped. He was inclined towards many things Abraham considered wicked. Ishmael even prayed to idols when he believed himself unobserved. Uh-oh. All righty. Abraham Ishmael, is this the... Ishmael's the Muslim one. Not sounding... This yeah. might be on a Jewish... Yeah, this is a Jewish website. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Abra Isaac's the Jewish one. Ishmael yeah. is the... Uh, the uh, Muslim person. Fuck, I didn't even know that. So there you go. It starts there. Right out of Abraham, it gets divided up. Yeah. So now if, if God promised... Now here's the... You, you said the Arabs can't make a case, but now... Yeah. So if God promised the land to Abraham, yeah. and then Abraham had two sons, one is... Let's say more Muslim, and the other is more Jewish. Fuck, this is crazy. Now we're, <laughs> we're split up again. Wow. Yeah, there you go. This is like this Israel versus Palestine thing was set up from the gate. The get-go, yeah. All right. Fuck. Oh, man. Okay, so we'll, we'll go. Uh, we're about 600 AD here. Yeah. Uh, this is the Christian crusaders come to take the land. They couldn't do it. Nope. The Ottoman Turks. Ah. This is the, the Ottoman Empire. Yep. They have a fucking... Big thing. So the so Romans if, are still there. Yeah, the Romans are there for pretty much a thousand years, it seems. Damn. But it's also like the Jews and and Arabs are still living there. Yeah. But they're almost just under the Roman empires. All right. And then the uh, the Ottoman Empire comes in at the 16th century. So the Ottoman Empire is uh, modern day Turkey, correct? Pretty much, yeah. It's almost like a, it's like, fucking like almost like a, <laughs> what's that like Constance, Constantinople? That's another word I've heard. Like, it's like it's, Hamas. I've heard it. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck it is. It's like used to exist. It no longer does. Yeah, the Ottoman capital was Constantinople. Okay. Which is now Istanbul. Oh, okay. Which is now present-day Istanbul. Oh, that's the one where it is actually still called Constantinople, right? Istanbul. Nope. Okay, I well, got you. So there's Istanbul. two names. There's two names for it. Well, Constantinople was... I don't think that exists yeah. anymore. Well, anyway, Constantinople... I'm looking at the map here. 
Istanbul, formerly known as uh, Constance Constantinople, <laughs> yeah, is miles away. It's like near Bulgaria. It's way closer to Bulgaria than even close to Israel. Here, these these Ottomans are are traveling quite a ways here. Yeah, they were. And it says here they love the Islamic faith. That's, that's good. That's what I wrote. <laughs> well, that's nice. So they're they're more uh, Arabic friendly. These uh, Constantinople. Yeah. Ones. And this this just kind of sums up the two last two thousand years. So like when the Ottoman Empire is in there, it's mainly Arabs living in the Middle East area because right. the Jews have kind of been, been vanquished f- by the Romans. Been vanquished, and they're traveling the world. That's why there's like taking their summer year off. They're yeah, just like going to Europe. So. It's, <laughs> So that's why, like, there's Jews in every country, right? Almost like there's Jews everywhere, but there's only Arabs, like, in the Arab countries, right? Kind of. Gotcha. So that so now under the Ottoman Empire, mainly Arabs living there, and then uh, the so Ottoman Empire back. This is 600 A.D. where the Ottoman Empire took over. Well, no, area. no. When the Ottoman Empire takes over is the 16th century. So that's like what, so the from 1500s. What happened in 600 AD then? It's pretty much just Roman. the Roman Empire. Romans came 600 AD. Yeah. Okay, and then they. No. Okay. No, the Romans okay. came 63 BC. Gotcha. Okay. And then Muhammad and the uh, Arab Islamic armies. They take over at 600 AD. Oh. So Muhammad, the prophet, prophet Muhammad, Muhammad, takes over the place. That's why he's so much a prophet. Well, if everyone's just taking over this place, you know, maybe Everybody the was. last person to take over. Everybody was. Okay. And so they... So Prophet Muhammad there... Yeah, kind of took it back for the Arabs. From the Romans. And then these pro-Arabs... Uh, uh, people from Constantinople come oh, in no, and take pr- it from... No, they're pro... Uh, pro. Oh, yeah. No, they are The Ottoman Empire. Yeah, they're, they are pro-Arab. They're, they're yeah. pro-Ottomans. Yeah. Not so... Not big fans of couches. There's yeah. your... Uh, we, had to make, we had to make one. <laughs> and uh, so it's like... So the, the Arab people living there aren't really like an established state though they're just like people living under the ottoman empire right so that's why that's like part of the like the reason like they are kind of still fucked like so they they take over the 16th century up until like 1917 like the ottoman okay. empire was still like doing their shit like so the, they were until like 1917 out, out. in 1917 significant because that is during world war 1 Correct, Scott? Yeah. And that's when they lost control of the area to the British during World War yeah, I. Yeah, and that's when the British and come. And after World War One, the Ottoman Empire is dissolved, right? Yeah. Um, because that, that, I think they were, on that the is lo- right. they were on the losing side of that Yeah, the one. Ottoman Empire lost. Yeah. So basically, like, now we're basically now... Isn't that crazy that World War One ended a empire... That lasted, you know, for like a thousand years or something like that. Well, it lasted like six hundred years. Yeah, that's crazy. That is fucked up. At World War One, it's just like we are done. It's like a hundred years ago, actually. See ya. That's not very long ago. No, it's not. These Ottomans were like just doing their thing, dominating, and then just collapse because of World War One. Wow. 
you don't have to hit, you don't have to humor. No, them, I, it is <laughs> fucked. So then so Britain just, Britain comes in, they conquer um they conquer um the, the area in nineteen seventeen. Pretty much, yeah. And then so, after World War One or, or go ahead, sorry. Well you well, had nineteen seventeen. Go ahead, Scott. It's pretty much I, I would just sum up uh that yeah. Uh, basically, the Arabs never developed themselves as a nation until the 20th century. Right. So that is. So then it's like they can't. And but the the Jews, even though this Israel never existed and Palestine never existed, but the Jews made claims to the land like 2,000 years ago, even though the Arabs have been there the whole time. But what the Jewish claim to the land you're that that you're saying? Yeah. Is. Because of Abraham. Is because of Abraham. Which is like, all right, come on, first of all. Yeah. But now there's some interesting things that happened uh, before 1917, right? Uh, with, with the Jewish people, right? Well, the, the yeah. idea of Zionism pops up. Yeah. Do you have anything on that? Oh, yeah. Oh, baby, do I ever. Well, why don't we jump into that? So, because we're at the point where Britain has taken claim fr- yeah. of of what is now Israel from the Ottoman Empire. The Ottoman Empire is going to collapse after World War One, Yeah. And then they're going to have to divide up this land um, after World War One's done and they divide up all the land. Yeah, so the British are now occupying the Middle East, pretty much, being the, the leaders there. Yeah. Taking their the teas. Right. And this is during... The spices. This is during World War One. Yeah. Okay. And they're then taking their teas, taking their spices, taking all the Arabs, taking spices, the hummus, their teas. But Baba they're still living. They're enjoying Everybody's it. living. We're all having fun, yeah. And then Zionism. All right, what do you got? Is here's what I wrote: the definition. All right, Zionism. Give me, listen, that's a good point. Place the to start. Belief only way Jews will be free from persecution once and for all is to have their homeland back again. Hey, you know what, Zion. Break that down, meaning Jerusalem. Ah. A little translation. That's nice. So that whole idea comes around in like 1917, around there. And it's like, a ra- at that time, it's like a radical terrorist idea. Okay. Pretty much. Like, that's how it's uh, viewed. It's not like a, it has a huge push or anything. Because everywhere that Jews go, they get fucked with. Right, so everywhere in Europe. Everywhere in Europe, to the Jews go, they get fucked with. They're trying to assimilate in Europe. Like in they Russia. Keep fucked. And, and like the world, yeah. So they're like, hey, we just keep getting fucked here. We need so, a yeah. place of our own. You that's, know? that's what it's come to, and that's what Zion is. And then they is. picked New York City. <laughs> no, that's a little joke there. Yeah. Okay. No, they picked the... Uh, so as a result of the Zionism idea that's spreading throughout Europe among the Jewish people starts as a radical idea, moves to a more whatever yeah. idea. Um, they're like, okay. Yeah. It was, uh, really we a gotta more, it go seems back to it's, Israel it's, here. Yeah. Uh, it turns to be a more political thing than it does a religious thing. At the, right. So yeah. the initial claim to the land was because of their religion, but they need to get out of Europe. They're not having a good time in Europe, so they need a place to call their own. So where do they look? Their historical, biblical um, place where they, they, that they were given through Abraham from God, Israel. Israel, yeah. You know, but, uh, the guy who started Zionism, his name was Theodore Herzl. 
Yep, 1897. And, uh, oh, I'm uh, looking at that right now. Came up with it. They, uh, yeah, the meeting in 1897. They had a. They considered. You know, that's the thing too is that they, uh, like the promised land. They considered places. All right. Well, like they what had a other meeting options? in 1897 to consider like what okay. should be the promised land. Now we're land. talking. Now, what what were some of the options? One of them, uh, Uganda. <laughs> how, did they, how did they get to Uganda? They considered it. <laughs> Why did they consider Uganda? Let's look at where Uganda is on this map. And uh, Argentina. So, wait, just so uh, I can't even find Uganda on the map. One of my it's friends. Probably not even close to Jerusalem. I have a friend Gary from Uganda. I went to high school with him. It's like in next to Kenya. It's like not even on an ocean. It's in kind of like the middle. It's Fuck. They they consider it the further. east of Africa. It's not even near anywhere. Why, why would they consider Maybe they should have just picked, They should have just picked Uganda and Argentina. Ar- that's a nice. That was another consideration. Well, how are they coming up with these selections? Like, you know what? They, I, I don't know. Like, where do they get get it in their heads that Uganda, out of all the places in Africa, Uganda's the one, and then Argentina, which is like a, a humongous country. Yeah. Not to be anti-Jewish uh, here. I'm not trying to sound like that. I'm just, I'm just yeah. wondering what You the, just don't think they deserve, like, God, that big of a country. <laughs> God proclaimed to Abraham, <laughs> you get Israel... You get Uganda, and <laughs> yeah, it's like a risk game. Like yeah. when you st- <laughs> at that time, Uganda, they've never heard of it. Or- like, what? I don't want Uganda or Argentina. We haven't even been over there yet. All right, here, here are the goals of Zionism. Okay. They want to they create a Jewish home in Palestine. Gotcha. So they got four goals, really. So they already, they're calling it Palestine. Yeah. Really, I don't know if I'm just using that word Palestine. Yeah, so modern day, they want to create a... All right, sorry, go ahead. The Jewish ahead. home in that area. So basically, colonize Palestine. Mm-hmm. Number two, get the Jews on board. Yeah, because, all the because you got to round up the Jews Because you got to get now. people on board. They're wandering through Europe, spreading yeah. out. So you gotta, and there's no phones back then, or is yeah. there? I don't know when... No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Letters. And get the powers, in quotations of Palestine sympathetic to the co- to the to the Israel Jewish uh, right, gotcha so what the, they want to do the powers now the powers at that time are not are really you, the a the Arab people living there it's the Ottoman Empire it's the Ottoman Empire and then because they met the, in and then the British uh, slowly and then the British after. in 1917 yeah and then so okay so they they're like no to Uganda no to Argentina. <laughs> We're going to Israel. Like, who's even suggesting these at this meeting? Get out of here. We're I going to Israel. And I, now we got to get the powers sympathetic to us. Who's that at the time when they made, in 1897, Ottoman Empire? So they're talking to the Ottoman Empire, yeah. and they're getting nowhere with them? How's it going with the Ottoman Empire there? You know, I don't know how it went. I'll tell you that. Well, probably not here's, good. Here's though, a little yeah. stat for you. By 1914, the Jewish population in Palestine was 85,000. Which was about 12% of the total population. Right. So in the area that we're talking about. But to put that in perspective, at the same time, 3 million Jews had left Russia because of their being treated shitty. Yep. But only 1% went to uh, Israel and Palestine. How did the Jews end up up in Russia? 
And then three they, million. They of went them. everywhere. They're just all over the place. They're, they really were. Right. Okay. So it's not like they were all going to Israel at right. that point. Right. Because like, the only, Ottoman Empire is of like, the we three don't, million, only one percent. Like we're like, all right, we'll, we'll go. come back. But then the Ottoman Empire is probably not not like, yeah, we're going to give you our land. You know. Yeah. So Britain. So, takes yeah, the Ottoman Empire. Well, or go ahead. Well, the Ottoman Empire. It was like a social structure. And I have here, really, there's the landowner who lives in the city. He's rich. Yeah. There's the sheik who collects the rent for the landowner. He right. does all right for himself. He's not doing bad. He's the middle class He's guy. happy. And then there's the peant That's called the the land. Guy. That's usually me or... Oh God. <laughs> so everything was separated like that. But then by the nineteen hundreds, all that goes. Yeah, the Britain becomes the strongest force. And then but before that, the Britain made some agreement with these uh this Jewish Zionist movement that they would give them Palestine once they took it over, right? Wasn't there some agreement there? Yeah, I think Britain Britain was on the side of the Jews and the Ottomans were on the side oh actually yeah, and the Ottomans are on the side of the Arabs. Right, but then Britain takes over the area, and yeah. they've made some sort of agreement. Do we have anything on the agreement they made or anything like that? Or what uh, uh, What? What they, 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 had, they had some plans for, for Palestine once they took it over. There was a, a few different ones. Well, I... Is there anything on that? We'll have, we'll have some things on that. We'll get our, uh, okay. our, our correspondents working on that. Oh. Yeah, so actually <laughs> that... Am I the correspondent? No, we'll get so many, so many. That's Are we gonna here. edit it in? No, we'll have somebody research that right now. Am I supposed to be researching? No, no, no. That? <laughs> I have somebody else doing that. But yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, that change from the Ottoman Empire to the British was like a change, actually, from the Arabs being the the number one to the Jews. Right, because Britain made. Uh, let's just say Britain made some sort of agreement with the the. Um, the Israel or the Jewish Zionist movement uh, leaders that they would get Palestine as their Zionist uh, home base. Yeah, not Uganda. Yeah, which I so believe didn't made... Britain hold Uganda. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sir Henry McMahon from Britain. Yeah, told the Ottomans. Well, told the guy. Uh, it says, "Help us not not to hold the Ottomans, but told the people like help us fight the Ottomans and we'll protect the Arabs." Right. But they never did that. They never did that. Ooh, actually. So there was two deals. They made a deal with this guy. Help us fight these guys. There was we'll, a lot of deals. A lot of deals going every which way, but the best deal makers on the planet. <laughs> the Jews. Jews. They come <laughs> they up on top come of up. So actually, here's something. Uh, yeah, there's a, a dude named James Balfour. This is what you're talking about. The he Balfour Declaration. Here you go. He promised Israel-Palestine to this, the Zionist movement. Right. So that's like what you're talking about. Right. But, uh, but at the same time, they promised it to this Arab guy who's f- helping them defeat um, other Arabic people in the area. Helping yeah. them defeat. But people also made agreements with, the fr- with France. Mm. And they like those just got... Tossed out the window. Right. But actually, you know, you ever heard of the Rothschilds? Lord Rothschild? I've heard of the Rothschilds. This is another one where this is it like, comes up all the time. I have no clue what we'll it is. We'll have to do one of, like, this is 
like a, the Rothschilds are very uh, they're behind the Zionist movement. Gotcha. And if you know about, uh, they're also like one of the powers of the world. Like if you're to ask like a conspiracy theorist or something, it's like the Rothschilds are like own the banks. Gotcha. Like they own everything. So they started this movement. No, well they got involved. Gotcha. They got involved back when like Britain took it over and they made all those deals. Okay, so Britain takes it over. They have some sort of deal with the Jewish people. Uh, they also have a deal with some Arabic uh, group who helped yeah. them fight. Yeah, and, and plus uh, there's the Jews Empire. in Britain. Right. Okay. And so the Jews in Britain are pushing the Jewish the Jewish agenda, like while Britain is occupying the the area. There's no right. Arabs in Britain or in the Parliament of there to okay. be like to back up the yeah. Arabs. You know. They haven't gone there yet. So now the Jews are they're doing pretty good. Well, and then so then you have uh, here's my next note. You have the ending of World War One, right? All right, that's right about where I'm at too. Right. So then all the Allied powers from World War One meet at this thing called the San Remo Allied Powers Conference, or maybe it's San Remo. What year do you have that? I have that in 1920. Okay. What do you got? I uh, I don't have that written down. So this is where they all divide up and make the new borders, right? And give out the land that they just won. So they, it grants Britain Palestine. So Britain's officially given Palestine to prepare it for self-rule. Okay. That's what I got. Okay. So eventually Britain's going to step back and be like, we're out and give it over to somebody there. And they've yeah. promised it to two people. The Ar- and they've promised an it to both of them. Group yeah. And the, the Zionist Israeli group. Or not Israeli, the Zionist yeah. uh, Jewish But at uh, that group. point, like, to promise it, yeah, the Jews, it's like when you promise it to them, it's like they have a contract right now. But when you promise it to the Arabs, like, they didn't have... <laughs> you just called them the Arabs. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you, Bugs Bunny? <laughs> <laughs> That's how you would say it. <laughs> yeah, but I guess the Jews are, had their shit together more at that time. Right. And the Arabs are more like, we'll have a handshake, and I trust you. You looked me in the eye, and it's all good, you know? Right, sure. But the Jews have been screwed too many times before, and they They're know, wandering like, around, making deals, and they, they need things in writing. Yeah. Yeah, in 1922, they attempted to restrict Jewish immigration. The British did. The British did. They couldn't do it, though. Yeah, and I have something here. Britain separates Transjordan from Mandate Palestine, forbids Jewish settlement in Transjordan. So it seems like the British took this Palestinian place that they were given after World War I to prepare for rule and separated Transjordan from it and forbid Jewish people from immigrating there. Okay, yeah. So should I... Uh, we'll get the correspondent to Google Transjordan. Do you have, any, do you have anything on that? Well, uh... There's always, like, because there's, like, a few territories that are, like, really the hot topic territories. And like, this, Jordan is, like... This Transjordan, is that anything? I, I'm not even sure, sure about what that. what it is. Maybe I, I read it on um, this BBC article I was reading. Well, I believe it. You know, I have here I 1930. Uh, okay, how about we just jump onto your timeline? I'm going off the BBC timeline. All right. So you guys, if anybody out there is interested, just Google BBC Israel timeline. Okay, well, here I have in 1930, they tried to put a freeze on immigration and land sales to non-Arabs. Right. 
but the Zionist uh, pressure couldn't. They they did do it. It seems like, but then they had to reverse like almost immediately. Right. And then I have 1936, an Arab rebellion uh, begins because they're they're tired of the Jewish people. They're, it's like about eight to one in that territory from Arabs to Jews. Right. But the Jews are getting like a better treatment. Because they're being brought in by the British? Because they're being, uh, yeah, almost they're trying to fulfill both the deals that they made. So they're trying to keep the Arabs happy and the Jews happy. So Britain's really just... They're like... They're fence. They're like uh, dating so. two people at the same time. Oh, that's, uh, that's tricky. Crazy. Okay. Uh, so let's pause so, for a sec. Scott. Okay. All right. All right. Just gotta pause. All right, and we're back. Here we go. Okay. I, I'm gonna take the reins here. Yeah, take the reins. So okay, we have we're about 19. So 1936. Yep. There's an Arab, Arab rebellion. rebellion. Yeah. So it's always they're like there's. They're pretty much always at war. Like gotcha. there's 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 times of peace, but they're pretty much always at war. In response to this Arab rebellion, Britain trains a fifteen thousand person underground Zionist army, mm. which is pretty strong st- statement to say that you uh, are now siding with the uh, Jews right. more than the Arabs. Mm-hmm. So Britain trains like a Zionist army. And so 1937 is the first suggestion of a two-state solution. Because I know you're thinking, Tim, what is the solution? You know, I'm Tim. Yeah, I know. I know you're, a, think, you're thinking to yourself. Tim. Tim. I, I say my <laughs> name when I think to myself. Okay. I know. You're thinking to yourself. Scott. Yeah. What is, what the, is, the, what is the solution? Uh, I know what it is, but, you know, explain it to the audience. Well, I know you, know, you figured out this. Well, a, a two-state solution is basically just splitting it up gas and water mixed into one like a perrier yeah nothing can go wrong <laughs> oh i had a i had a difficult time with perrier i opened it it splashed all over me the other day and i tell you something can, what? i opened so i had a perrier this is a little off topic but i had a perrier a two-state solution um yeah. and i i was driving with it and then i was opened it up as i was driving sprays all over me uh, and something can go wrong with this two-state solution. With two-state solutions, it seems good. But. But. Oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah, the original suggestion, it would have went 25% of the land when it went to the Jews. 75% would have went to the Arabs. And now that is actually a great deal for the Arabs if we jump ahead. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But what it says here there? the Arabs, they said no. Oh, they said that's that's a no bad, deal. That's a no bad deal. Call on it's that like one. deal or no deal. Ooh, yeah, and you get Let me go back to the bank. And then in your briefcase you're holding the the 1 cent. But you think like, no, we'll keep going. Keep going. <laughs> stay, stay the whole crowd. Stay, stay, stay longer. Get out, get I out. I got the million the dollar banker, briefcase. The bankers up there looking all evil, and they're like, "Yeah, the banker oh, is I'm like, go for it. is like, like no. Britain." At this time, the banker is Britain. <laughs> oh god, that's funny. And then so, 1937, they turn it down. The Arabs turn it down, but the Arabs really don't have leadership. So I don't know who turned it down or what. But right, they, and who even offered ba- it, Britain? I don't even know where. Yeah, probably Britain. Yeah, they're like it would right, have to be Britain. Let's get out of here. Then man. 1939, Britain's going to war. Right. So With, now uh, they big old Germany, big, big old, old Germany. So they can't really 
they don't focus on the Jews or Arabs anymore. They're just focused on Britain. Right. And they don't have time to do the extracurricular land yeah, ruling. We're like, we can't. We don't have any time to date you two people anymore. We yeah. got a war to fight. But uh, during that time, 1939, I have here, uh, Britain limits Jewish migration uh, to the area to 10,000 per year. So I have that as well. Great move by Britain here. It's like, oh, now you all want to leave Europe really bad. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't. Yeah. You can't leave. And there was a limit on their how much land they could purchase right which but, is probably yeah. that's this that's them playing both sides yeah there. It's, and in 1939 there's a calling for an independent state of palestine under the arab rule because they don't even have that yet they're still under british rule right arabs and this is why they were given britain was given the land at the san remo allied powers conference after world war one uh-huh with the idea that Britain would prepare it for self-rule. So now they're like, yeah. it's time. This is the thing. And Britain's like, ah. Yeah, and that gets approved by the League of Nations, which, which is like the United Nations of that time. Right. Now, the League of Nations started after World War One. Uh, Yeah, it probably Maybe. did. I don't know. Let's and get, it didn't last for very long. I can, We can get our correspondent on that one. And so, yeah, we... Basically, that takes us now that we're in World War II. Yeah, 1920 is when the League. Of, so this is the UN after World War One, basically. Yeah. The League of Nations. The League of Nations. Yep. Okay. So yeah, we're at World War Two. Here's here's another spot where the Arabs went wrong. They sided with Germany for a bit. Oh, oh boy. buddy. That didn't work out oh, for them. Oh no, it did not. It would have been a big win. Tell you that though. Uh, if they 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 gambled and they just they, the they had to make a choice really, yeah. And Britain kind of sided with the oh fuck. Britain was all over the place. Britain sent mixed signals to both the Jews and the Arabs. Britain, yeah. It's like, do you like me? Do you? <laughs> yeah, they're ghosting you. <laughs> yeah, nights. it's like we just went out for dinner, and then I haven't Had he hasn't texted me all hamas. week. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then like. Yeah. yeah. Now it's like, what's he doing with Kathy? Yeah. Training a Zionist army against us. Yeah, I'm going out with uh, Shamel for some potato pancakes. Yeah, and then after I'm going out with uh, Benjamin. Benjamin or, for know. some Hamas. Well, Benjamin. Shamel was my Jewish name. Oh, Benjamin was also my Jewish. I mean, no, Shamel was my. Uh, no, it was my Jewish name. Yeah, yeah. My, I was my Jewish. Ben was my Jewish name. Okay. Too. So we got him wrong. And we got. We're okay, ignorant. we're now we're 1939. Let's move on to 1940. Ooh, big year. Winston Churchill ah. becomes the British Prime Minister. Very pro-Zionist. Gotcha. Which why? you know, it's all about the politics here why? at this point. Why? I don't know why. Really, he might uh, be Jew- he's probably like Jewish, or he has a bunch of Jewish friends. Churchill actually messed up a bunch of things in this area because he also was responsible for uh, the division of Iraq, like the borders of Iraq. Which oh, he fucked up that one by putting all these different groups that, um, you know didn't really belong together in one country and then you get this warring i believe it but anyway so churchill somehow has his hands in this uh zionist state yeah oh because he's prime minister at the time yeah he becomes prime minister yeah okay so right now like jews yeah it's world war ii churchill's pro uh pro-zionist he's pro-zionist and we're in the midst of world war we're in the midst of world war ii so jews are being fucked with all pretty much around the world 
There's Specifically in Europe, but... Not Uganda. Not Uganda, not party, in Argentina. Party time there. If they would have fucking settled there, none of this would have happened. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So, people are trying to... Jews are trying to leave places. Right, but Britain Say, has like, restricted the immigration to well, the Zionist state. Yeah, but also Jews have been restricted to other places too. Like, say, if a boat of Jews came to America at that time, they'd, right? Like, some of them got turned away, and some of them didn't. Or, right? You know, they'd be like, "We can't have all the Jews." But here. the Zionist movement—they are okay with the Jewish denial of immigration because it, it reinforces the idea that they need the promised land. Right. So it's just helping the it's Zionist like, idea. It's like a slump that like brings you up. It's like having a bad year in sports and to then, like get a good pick. And then turning and then, it into a positive. Yeah. And you turn it into a positive. So like, see, this is what I'm telling you guys. We need this state for ourselves because we can't go anywhere. Yeah. And we're getting fucked with everywhere. Seriously. Actually, because that, it reinforces it outside of the jewish people too like me and you because mm-hmm. if you ask us like well yeah maybe they do need it because yeah if we're of like the holocaust if we're like america or you use the example of america i don't actually know what was going on in america at the time with this but like the boatload of jews shows up and you don't want the jews because you're america you're like i can't take these jews yeah so you'd be like i guess you would be like yeah they need a homeland because we don't want them here yeah which actually, I wrote down in my book here, Holocaust Syndrome. What's that? Does that translate to something fun? Uh, it's basically like what we're talking about. Like, like how because of the Holocaust, like, they got treated so bad that it's like, fuck, we have to do something for them. Right. Really. And so now that... that that's after World War II. Yeah, we're pretty much at the end of World War II now. Right. But, you know, yeah, so now Britain is no longer really the top dog. Mm-hmm. It's now America. Okay. So. What? Why does it matter? Well, Israel is always trying to make their ties with the top dog. Mm. Well, America and Israel's relationship is very important, though. Okay, so what what's so what year are we in now, Scott? I'm basically around year like 1945. Okay, and now 1944. Um, I mean, they're seeing this is so World War Two is really when America took center stage. Yeah, came out as like, hey, we're the we're the guys. Yeah, we're the we're the so best. Israel sees this, or the Zionist movement sees this, and they're like, okay, oh, those yeah. are some guys to. They finally yeah. had enough of this. Uh, yeah, being they ghosted. can't keep going back to Britain, getting yeah. their heart broken like yeah, that. Yeah, so they got, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> the new, the new uh, quarterback. I wrote in my book like, <laughs> like, like Zionists, like they do stuff with Britain, but they've been crossed too many times. Crossed. That's such like, a British word. Yeah. All right. So, so they go. They try to get in with America. Yeah, and they do. Yeah. Uh, because uh, 1944, the president-elect, uh, FDR. Ah, the wheelchair one. The wheelchair one. He, Delano. Is he, it Franklin Delano Roosevelt? Did I get that right? Yeah, Fra- Frankie. You just call him Saul? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good old Deli. Yeah. He, uh, uh, he even has Deli. Like Deli's a Jew- good. A Jewish Deli. Deli. Yeah, there you go. Good connection. This all comes back. Okay, um, here we go. All right, we're in, we're back. Okay, I should make a note of where to 
edit. Okay, well, you make that note and I'll carry on. All right. So yeah, FDR, he's pro-Zionist. He runs on that campaign, actually. Well, right. it was one of the things he, like, ran on. Because there's a lot of Jewish people. A lot of Jews in America, and they were... At that time, the Zionist movement wasn't that fucked up anymore, you know. It, was, well, yeah. it wasn't like a terrorist movement. It was more like... Because it was right after World War II, yeah, and we saw what here, just Scotty. happened. Yep. You know. Right, yeah, the pro What did you call it? Pro-Holocaust? The Holocaust syndrome. Holocaust syndrome. Which affects the Jews and the cultural consciousness of everybody else. Yes, good. Okay, so Henry Truman, right after that, he keeps that agenda going. I believe it's Harry Truman. Harry Truman. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and his brother, Henry, he, he supported He's a good guy, well. too, He's but he, guy. He, Henry wasn't the president, so... Yeah. Henry had these opinions, but mainly just in Henry, bars. he was pro-Arab. Yeah. It's like Abraham's boys. Yeah, they, they're split. Okay, so then, where are we at, Scott? And then... Let's see here. All so that World stuff War II has happens. ended now. Oh, yeah. I got one thing here where there were ads in the New York Times to take donations for Jews, and that money went to fund a Jewish Islamic army. So there was an ad in the New York Times that was accepting, like, donations right. for, like, the Jewish Islamic uh, Zionist movement. And then, like, that money went well, to, Scott, to fund the army. Islam is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I, so I, keep, I keep getting the words wrong. So, a Jewish Zionist army. Yeah. Yeah. Not the... Because the way you said it, it made the it seem like I they're said, friends. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're joining true. up on the same team here. That's true. So, it goes to fund a Jewish, a Jewish army. Zionist army. Which is kind of weird. Kind of... In 1946, the British embassy was bombed in Jerusalem. Ooh. Killing 91 people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. For an embassy. And then, you know what? Britain withdraw, withdraws soon after. From, from, from uh, like the area. that whole area. And then this That's is when idea. they give it to the newly formed United Nations. Yeah. And at 1947, Britain says, I'm fu- we're, we're done with this. You know, Let's get out, man. We, they play, they've been dating You're like, Samantha, Jews. you're a crazy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we're out of here. Pretty much. You know, yeah. And they say... You have fun with your new boyfriend, the United Nations. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need you. We got Canada. Yeah. Let's see. Palestine had had its marbles with Britain. Britain's not a world power, and the League of Nations fucked them. Is that, is that how Paul This is what Middleton I wrote down here. Wrote Britain, oh. they had all their marbles with, with uh, I mean, uh, Palestine. Yeah. They had their marbles with Britain. But so did the Jewish people. Yeah, the Jewish people, they're, like, with America now. The Jewish oh. people are, like, they're, like, fuck off, Britain. Like, you've crossed us, you know, too many times. The Palestines, they got, they really have no other choice but to, they were with Britain. But now Britain kind of is, right. they fucking can do nothing for them. They're poor. Right, you know? gotcha. So then they're they're kind of screwed there. So what does the so what does the UN end up deciding? Well, here I have they have the UN partition plan. You know, it all comes back to the two states again. Right. This is like the, the UN proposes separated two states of Jerusalem, and you know they can't get it done. Of course, you know they had six at this time. There's six hundred thousand Jews, and 
now, all right, and 1.3 million Arabs. So how many Jews are in the area? 600,000. And 1.3. And about 1.3 million Arabs. And then they tried to divide uh, what is now modern-day Israel, I suppose, into equal-sized states, right? But the thing is, now, if you look at a map of the UN partition plan, right, Scott, have you done that? You want to see a map of it? Yeah. It's right here. Maybe I should, okay. Yeah, there's the map. Now, the the UN partition Fuck, plan. What the hell? Yeah, they didn't just. It's like if you're gonna cut a sandwich in half, you maybe you cut it on a diagonal, maybe you cut it like yeah. on the horizontal or even the vertical. This they kind of just. Uh, How many borders would there be with this freaking <laughs> yeah, map? It looks like they just threw paint at the thing, and we're like, that seems about equal. And <laughs> there's like splatters that belong to. Uh, yeah. That belong to each I think group. a lot of it too is like the the territories that people want. Yeah. You know, so you like, get this I want Jerusalem. Right. You know. And I want this. So you get this weird looking map that just seems you know Yeah. It, it incredibly hard to set up a border for one, you know? Yeah. It's it's a weird looking thing. So at this time when they're trying to put this plan together, there's a lot of global guilt from the Holocaust. The Holocaust. What did you call it? The Holocaust. Holocaust syndrome. It's the Holocaust syndrome. There's a major Zionist influence right. in, like, the UN. And there's really no Arab leadership. There's still, like, no Arab leadership, like, 55 years ago. Right. And so the Arab Liberation Army, mm-hmm. you ever heard of that? It's like that just starts, and it's really a combination of Syria, Iraq, and Lebanon. Those three countries kind of band together. And form the Arab... Arab Liberation Army. Arab Liberation Army. So basically, the UN has given these two states, um, and now this army's forming, this Arab Liberation Army, because they're going to try to take back the state. Is this true, Scott? Am yeah. I on the right path? You know, I have a Transjordan here. Ah, that's what I mentioned before. Up, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, right. created by Brin in 1921. Yeah, and they had some stake in the game also. All right. But anyway, so the UN's like, hey, we're going to split this up. Now the Arabs are forming this Arab coalition army. What did you call it? Yeah, uh, Liberation. Liberation Army. And then that's where we get to the first Arab-Israeli war, right? Well, that, what, what year do you have that at? 1948. Okay. Is that true? Uh, yeah, let me see. 1947, Britain is out of there. Done. We're like, the UN, Soviets are it out. poking around peacekeeping, in quotations, mm. around, but, you know, the America, they don't like that. Yeah, why so would they, you? So they put an end to that. Ooh, here's something. The American Liberation, the, the Arab uh, Liberation Army, they block highways. Which they is did. easy to do with these borders they gave, yeah. these weird-ass highways. And they did that for over through. a year. Right. So it was basically a civil war. Yeah, so I think that is the war you're talking about here. The 19. first Arab-Israeli war. And it says first, which I guess foreshadows to a second, potentially oh. a third coming up here. Yeah. Okay. So, and then I have here that Israel ends up at the end of that war, leaving with more territory than they, they started. Yeah. Israel does well for itself. 
pretty good. Yeah, it has 300,000 Arabs flee the area. Oh, that's... That's good for them. That's, that's good that's for a good uh, sign. the Jews. Yep. Okay. And then after you know, that... Actually, I have here, people have argued Arabs left their home because they are directed by leadership, not by Jew fear. Mm. So but I also wrote, that's not true, though. That's a rumor. That's a rumor. <laughs> Around the water cooler, I suppose. <laughs> Around the water cooler. People are just talking about that. Let's see. I have May 14th, 1948. Bryn officially 100% is not involved. Mm-hmm. Took a while. Yeah. 30 years. Then you have the war. The first Arab-Israel war. Israel, Ooh, Israel actually, leaves the full territory. Wait, yeah. Sorry. Uh, 19, May 14th, 1948. Bryn is out. Done. At 4 p.m. That's good time. <laughs> yeah. 11. End of the working day. A little early to be quit. Yeah. Like, ends at 5, Britain. <laughs> then 11 minutes later, the U.S. recognizes uh, Israel as a state. So at 4.11. Pretty much. What a weird Britain time to pick. Britain gets out. Like, 11 minutes later, America, like, picks it up. And they're like, Israel, you're a state. We got your back. Yeah, that's pretty fucked, though. Yeah. And this is after the UN had the two states. Yeah, but that never worked out. Okay, it just never worked. So then Israel took the whole thing over? Or uh, it was sort of just still divided? It was like Israel, they, they basically took over territories, but they didn't officially have them. They, they're mm-hmm. kind of like taking them over with armies. Right, and then America's like, okay, cool, you're actually a state, so these, these, this land you got is good. Yeah, and even okay. but Arabs, you know, they're struggling with inter-Arab feuds, feuds. You know, so they have this whole thing with the Jews, and they have problems within their own community. Right. That's tough. Hmm. <laughs> it's hard, you know, yeah. The, the Arab armies are weaker than the than like the Israeli armies, mm-hmm. they're 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 separated into countries, so their visions are not shared. Right. And so it's very difficult for them to take a stand against Israel. Right. Because you have to get Syria, Iraq, and Lebanon all involved, all together, all at the and same. And Jordan. And pretty much and Jordan and Egypt. And Egypt's a big. Player. You want Egypt too. Yeah. So let's just say this: if you look at the map of Israel right now, it's it's uh it's bordered by Lebanon to the north, Syria to the north, Jordan to the east, uh, and then Egypt to the southwest. Okay. And then the Mediterranean Sea to the, the yeah. west. So okay. it's just surrounded here. It's surrounded by, like, But it has enemies. a nice... Uh, oh, they have a nice territory. Nice Mediterranean estate. Yeah. That's not bad. Let's see. May 1948, Israel Army... Has 600,000 people trained. Mm-hmm. The Arab army is about the same size, but shittier. <laughs> <laughs> it is, though, because the Israel army right. has, like, America backing it. Right, The right. Arab army is separated into, like, Egypt, Syria, Lebanon. Yeah, it's hard to get them all And it's like the they don't page. have that freaking... Just a dysfunctional locker room. So, basically, let's go back to the sports now. Israel has this very rich owner who's just dumping high salary contracts yeah. into it. Yeah. And then this Arab army, just, Arab army, they, they have bunch they're of like a, people. they're like a minor league. They're like a minor league that is getting all their best players from their minor league and trying to f- 
play Force in the majors. And they're just all dysfunctional. Yeah. Bad and, locker room. And so they all have different plans from different teams. They're, yeah. All their teams play differently. Right. And so now they're trying to all come together, play on one team to and take down the Patriots. Not happening. It ain't happening. So is that, is that what happens in 1948? Pretty much 1948, that happens. And they, yeah. do, they go to war. The Patriots versus... A collection the, of college football Arab. teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that happens in May 1948. June of 1948, there's a truce. Ooh. UN Army trying to, trying to solve during truce. Israel is winning war, doesn't want a truce if they can win. Mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, if you're winning... We'll go to April 1949. Here's a statistic for you. All right. Holy. The, well, actually, <laughs> well, this is April 1949, the Zionist land goes from, so the land in question. Yeah. That the whole land. At this time, they, the Jews have 55%, goes to 77%. Yeah, because now, now that they have a state of their own, Jewish people can start coming to it and selling yeah, and it. Yeah, and then Arabs have 23%. Yeah, so all these Jewish people from around the world are finally have a place where they can immigrate to as, uh, as yeah. refugees, I suppose. And it's still, even though they have 77% versus 23%, there's way more Arabs. Oh, still. I have here that all the Jewish refugees came from Muslim-majority countries Yeah, to settle. So all the, all the Jewish people in the area... Oh, like, yeah. cool, we finally have a state of our own. Yeah. It's been given to us. Yeah. Let's just all move there. So it sucks everybody out of the Middle East and puts them in one area. Yeah, now. and here's something, too, is that now in Israel, there's, like, there, within, the, within the Jewish community, there's, like, Middle Eastern Jews. Oh, geez. Here and we then go. there's, like, Western Jews. And there's the European Jews. And there's European Jews. And so the freaking Middle Eastern Jews don't they like speak the, Arabic. Oh God. You know, the, the the Western Jews, they don't want that. Yeah, we're like, hey. Don't speak Arabic. Yeah. What's good, what's going on there? You know what I mean? So there's like So the the Arabic Jews don't really care about the Zion they didn't they weren't a part of the Zionist yeah, movement. The, they're yeah. just happy living where they're living within Arabia. Yeah, pretty much. And then the European Jews are like we're Zionists. We're Jewish. We got to speak Hebrew and all this fun stuff. So now there's a conflict between those two. Yeah, and that when that happens with that that fifty five percent to seventy seven percent takeover, yeah, seven hundred thousand Arabs are displaced hmm. between Gaza, the West Bank, Syria, Lebanon, Iraq. That is a lot. Yeah. Let's see. Israel Prime Minister wants no Arab refugees allowed to return. We're back. Yeah, he bans... He wants no Arabs allowed to return. The UN says no. Can't do that. Nope, not happening. Then there's something the UN comes up with called Resolution 194. (laughs) That's a good name. This is what it is. They they tried 193 times before. (laughs) Pretty much. And they're all like two-state solutions. Uh, What about a two-state solution? They're like, that that was sounded a lot like (laughs) 111. This reminds me of resolution. Resolution 194 
is basically any Arab wishing to return in peace can do so and provide compensation for property for those who don't want to return. Uh-oh. So that say because they, can... they were all forced to leave pretty much, and so their houses and all that are there. Right. So they can return if they want, but if they don't want, they get financial compensation for for their stuff. Right. But Israel rejected that. Oh. So it didn't happen, you know. Man. That's what the UN wanted. The UN well, said do it, and the Israel's like, like we nah. ain't, we ain't doing it. Give us one ninety five. <laughs> there are more resolutions to come. So <laughs> okay, let's see. They're tough negotiators. Here's the thing, though. That resolution it was also rejected by the Arab countries as oh, well. Oh, okay. Because it would force them to legitimize Israel as a country. Yeah, you can't do which that. Which they don't want to. They do. don't want to do that. And I put in brackets here. It's tricky. <laughs> Very tricky. Right, okay. Let's see. Israel obsesses over military until present day. Massive army investment. Yeah, did you know that if you live in Israel, you have to in, yes. in, in go in the army? It's the same in Germany. Really? Yes. Oh. Like, and Austria, actually. You have to do, like, community service or join the army for a year. Oh. In, in Germany and Austria. I don't know how long in well, Israel. Well, for, for men in Israel, it's three years. Damn. For women, it's two years. How do they get off so easy? I don't know. In, um, in Austria, you have to – women have to do more commu- – it's, it's community service or the army, right? Okay. So in Austria, because women live longer, they have to work – you know, they have to do more really? – commu- Yeah. That's bullshit. Isn't that funny? Because on average, they live longer. So that is like a bitch move by men. That was definitely like made up by a man. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, fuck it. You live longer. You do 50 hours of community service. Well, it's like a year. That would be one work week. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so, yeah, Israel's, they, they basically obsess over their army. The Israel Defense Force. Right. So they're building this army because now they're surrounded, like we said, yeah. by like basically five Arabic nations. Yeah. They've just been given this state. Um, so, yeah, you're going to obsess. You're surrounded. Yeah. You know, so by see. all these people who don't want you there. And you just moved in. You just moved in. Yeah. You know, you're the new kid in town. Yeah. Yeah. So Israel, they, want, they won the war, but it ain't over. Arabs are still trying to sneak back in. You know, yeah. Uh, ideas then sold worldwide that Israel is the underdog in this situation. So, what year are we at now, Scott? We're about nineteen. We're in the nineteen fifties, early nineteen fifties, really. So now Israel's going around. So the then world being it's like, like uh, the yeah. There's a narrative being spread that Israel is the underdog. In the in the battle between like the Jews and Arabs, mm-hmm. but realistically the Arabs are the underdog, right? But there's like a push because Israel's backed by America and they're building yeah. this bigger and, and there's bigger a push army. between like this Lord Rothschild from earlier and all these people that control the information, right? That hmm. Israel is the underdog, the underdog, but they're not really right. Let's see, the America-Israel Public Affairs Commission, that got established in 1954, 
which is basically a pro-Israel lobby in Washington. Hmm. So, you know, lobbies. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Those pesky lobbies. Yeah, it's like we're, they're always so cold. It's hard to find the bathroom, you know? Yeah. In the lobby. Okay, so here, this is big here. So then Israel, they really need more Jews to come to the country, though. Right, they got to beef because it up. They, they got to build this army. Yeah. They're surrounded. They don't have enough, really. They have, like, less than a million. They have about 800,000. So, and there's more Arabs. Oh, there's more Arabs, for sure. Oh, so yeah. they, they got to get a ton more people and build so this then army they, up. In 1950, they established the Law of Return, hmm. which is then allows for any Jew to go to Israel. Right, so this is, this is probably... That's like a This bi- is the... The Jewish people in the Muslim area coming in the, that we talked about, the the Jewish refugees uh, this living is in like Muslim dominated people, countries. This this is like for people in America. This ah. is like to get people in America, really, the Jews in America, to go to Israel. Right. Okay. This is like for them. Ooh. So yeah, by mid nineteen fifty one, holy shit, six hundred and fifty thousand Jews immigrated to Israel. That's a lot. So by Jews. 1950, they're just all complaining about their, <laughs> their seats <laughs> so on the plane. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a plane full. Uh, uh, there's no butter. <laughs> I come to Israel. My I bagels come. so dry. In America, we had bagels. Now it's that was fuck. Geez, Scott, you're racist. Yeah. Dude. So freaking 1950, 800,000 Jews. By the mid 1951. 650,000 more Jews live there. Damn. That's a lot. That's, that is a lot. I wrote here, too. A lot of Jews living in Arab countries, so they spoke Arabic. Yep. And were entrenched in the Arabic culture. Right. So and they, they were a... Jews living there, but there were also some Jews living there that are like, well, I'm also Arabic. Yeah, because they've been living with Because they live there. You yeah, know? makes sense. You know, at this time, Arabs are trying to figure out how they fucked up so bad. <laughs> well, <laughs> really, you should have like, turned out that great seventy-five twenty-five deal. They could have. They could have ended it there. I don't know why they turned that shit down. It sounded like a great deal. Yeah, but they t- they had they turned it down in the sense of they're like I don't know. Yeah, that they should have. They should have just taken it. Walk away with seventy-five percent. Now look. Wh- yeah, you know, cause in they- America, like fucking, why are they backing anybody in the area? <laughs> Because of the Rothschilds? Is that why? What? What? Like, America decided to back Israel, which is pretty much the reason why Israel is now winning this first Arab-Israel war, which is now, you know, and now controlling the area. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, because the, the Arab people never had a representative that wasn't a third party trying to take advantage of them. Ah. Uh, you know what I mean? Yep. Okay. So, yeah, so... So you have all this immigration we, of, of Jewish people to Israel. So they're building up their numbers. They're being yeah. backed by America. So they're they're well funded. Yeah, their so army's growing. So all these Arab countries are trying to like do something. The president of Egypt, 1954, cozies up with the Soviets and arranges a huge arms deal through Czechoslovakia. Right. So that's pretty big. So then the Arabs. The, the president of Egypt cozies up with the guy from Russia. Mm-hmm. They make a large arms deal. Right. 
through Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia is like the smaller business that they're like working through. Right. And then try to keep themselves out of it. So this is like a conspiracy almost. I don't know. Russia, I, does Russia want to be known to have given Egypt the weapons? I, I can't say it's conspiracy. Why would they work through Czechoslovakia? That's a good question. That was probably just like a Russian-occupied country. Okay. So basically what's happening is America's backing Israel. Russia's seeing this. So they're like, hey, we're going to back Egypt. Pretty much. So they're fighting a war with like each Russia's, other through these two. Uh, yeah, it's almost like a war between America and Russia mm-hmm. through their yeah. occupied countries. Right. Now that well, brings us. America's not occupying Israel. But yeah. Okay, yeah. So through yeah, the, yeah. the ones they're backing. Yeah, so that brings us really to the Suez Crisis. Ah, 1956 to 57. The Suez Canal. Yes. So that was controlled by Egypt, the Suez Canal. Yeah. Right. Then I have here, Israel invades Egypt, and quotations, looking for terrorists. That's good. That's their reason. They love wandering the desert in Egypt. They love it. <laughs> they thought, I thought I saw something here 2,000 years ago. Let me go check. <laughs> what, what? And then, let's see. And then Britain and, okay, you know, what do you have about the Suez crisis here? So this is what I have, uh, Scott. I have, um, so Israel colludes with Britain to invade Egypt. And then as a result of this, it reopens the canal to Israeli shipping. So basically, okay. because Egypt con- controlled um, the, the Suez Canal, which uh, in modern day uh, Egypt, they also controlled the Suez Canal. It's, it's fully in their country. It's not on the border with Israel it's or in, anything like that. It's, it's in, in Israel. No, the Suez Canal is in Egypt. Okay, okay. I think. Yeah. I'm Let me sure zoom it. in on this map here. Um, oh, it probably good. is. Um, sorry, let me just zoom in here and make sure I'm telling the right thing here. Yeah, because Suez is right on the, the, Suez is in, here, look at the, look at the map. Suez is right there, right? Okay. Then you zoom out. This is all Egypt. Okay. That's Israel. And this area here is called something that I forget. Uh, this, what's it called? It's called something. What's this area called? Because, oh, the Sinai. S-I-N-A-I. Okay. So anyway, so basically the Suez Canal is in Egypt. Egypt's blocking is- Israeli ships from, from passing there. So they're, they're yeah. affecting their, uh, you know, their, shit their economy. Through. Yeah. yeah. So then Israel colludes with Britain to invade Egypt, and then they reopen the canal to Israeli shipping. Yeah. Which, okay, well, cool, we're all good. Now, why did Britain collude with Israel on that one? That's a good question. Yeah, I have here that Britain uh, gets involved. Yeah, you know, the Suez Canal, the Suez Crisis, I mean, seems like the, the, the author, Paul Milton, says three things are important about it is that it elevated Israel to a world player status, meaning they, they take matters into their own hands. They right. don't need America or a Britain, but they helped. Right. Yeah, it shows that, you know, what I think what 
the end of the Suez crisis uh, doesn't seem like Britain was successful, though, in what they wanted to do. All right. But all right, so you said there was three main takeaways from the Suez crisis. Yeah. The, okay, first the first was Israel steps onto the world stage as a major player. Yeah. The because second, they took the matter into their own hand. It was just them doing it. It wasn't like they got America or Britain to do it for them. Yeah. So bam, you're a world player now. You're elevated. Yeah. The second is. It shows Britain's fall. It says that really they're only the leader of Commonwealth and showing that the USA is the new superpower. I don't know how it did that really, <laughs> but <laughs> but okay. it did, you know. So, and the third thing was uh, the countries aligning themselves with the US or the Soviets, right. with a, which was preemptive to the Cold War. Okay. Right, which we talked about. We talked about how the Soviets were funding Egypt through a Czechoslovakian arms deal, and uh, America is still funding Israel. So, yeah, there, there's that happening. Okay. So that must have been happening at during the Suez Crisis as well. Yeah. Okay. Let's see here. I have here by the mid 1960s, Israel's kind of struggling. Really? They I have well in terms they have a shit economy. Oh. Issue Ooh, okay, yeah, they treat European Jews better than the Middle Eastern Jews. I mm. understand that. Yeah, this time there's more Jewish emigrants than there are immigrants. Cuz say you go to Israel, you go to live in the your promised land. Right. But really what is there in Israel? You say you're coming from wherever. Like, you're just going there, and then once you're there, it's like there's nothing there. You're surrounded no, by Jews. You're just surrounded by Jews. You know, it's like, so, what's yeah. so great about this? I mean, I miss my friend. I mean, you're Jewish, but... You know, there's a deli shop every, you know... Every block. Sometimes you, know, you want to eat something else. You want a shawarma every <laughs> once in a while. Let's see here. Yeah, so now we're in the mid-1960s. Yeah, uh, here, The economy in Israel is bad. The economy in Israel is bad. And, yeah, more Jewish people are leaving than arriving. Right. 1967. Ooh, that's a big year. I have, uh, I have some stats here, you know. There's terms, six days in that year that are big, I, I think. Oh, huge. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, give us your stats. Let's see. Uh, in terms of the Israeli army versus the uh, Arabic, well, the Arabic uh, grouping of armies, which are Egypt and Jordan, Syria and Iraq. Mm-hmm. In terms of soldiers, Israel, 250,000. Not bad. The Arabs, 328,000. Oh. More. They got the, uh, the advantage. Tanks, Israel has 1,000 tanks. Arabs, 2,300. Okay. And fighter crafts, fuck. Israel, 286. Arabs, 621. All right, so the Arabic so, army has rebuilt through Ara free agency in the draft. Yeah, it seems. they really have. There we go. <laughs> They're ready. They they picked up O.J. Simpson and uh, Why the Heinzen Trophy. And, oh, okay. Wow. Well, he's a well, good athlete. Yeah, but I don't think he's known as that. That was that was an odd uh, choice. And you know, if you have O.J. Simpson in your army too, that's not a bad thing. To do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're fighting a a gang of white women. Okay, so a the Arabs, yeah. <laughs> And a gay man. Yeah. <laughs> you mistake as her lover or yeah. whatever happened. Anyway, go uh, ahead. I don't know. That's okay, so podcast. Arabs have a better army grouped together with Egypt, Jordan, Syria, and Iraq. Right. 
compared to Israel. Right. June 5th, 1967. Here we go. Israel launched airstrike, obliterating Arab air forces. So they attack Egypt. Yeah, they, they attack basically like, well, I don't know if it was specifically Egypt, but... Mm. Egypt, Jordan, Syria, and Iraq. Well, you can't attack all of them at once. I know, but I don't know. And Iraq's not even bordered. <laughs> so we'll say it's Egypt. Yeah, I have Egypt. It probably so. was Egypt. Okay. And then, yeah, okay. And then I have Arabs were defeated in six days. Damn. So you want to pause? This might be a good spot to pause. Okay. All right, go ahead. Yeah, we're, yeah the six-day war. What what a, what a war it was! Oh, glorious six days! I like how they took the Sabbath off. Yeah, here uh, I have a map here from my book. If you want to look at that, that's what it looked like right after that six-day war. Pretty much, it's hard to see because it's like right. Just well, this black is a map of 1957. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, I so see. that's before the Israel six-day war. before 1967. Israel. Land occupied by Israel in 1967. It's hard to read this because this book's so old. They only have gray font. It's only uh, they, yeah, it's very shades hard to, of gray. gray. <laughs> different shades of gray that I have to use. Anyway. But basically, so at the end of the Six-Day War, according to this map, Israel um, controls now East Jerusalem, which was, um, you know, Arabic. Yeah. Before, I guess, they split uh, Jerusalem down the middle. And then they also control all of the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. Yeah, so the thing is, is that after the war, Israel gained land, water, all and the people. Lands. Pretty much like all the land. They just took everything. The, the 22% of original Palestine in 1949 now belong to Israel. That ain't fool. That's not good for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, occupied territories. So that's like Gaza, the West Bank... Golan Heights, and this peninsula here. Yeah, that's. I think that's what you were saying earlier, like S I N A I or Sinai. Sinai. Yeah. I think is how you pronounce it. I'm not sure. It's S I N A I. Yeah. So there's like, but so the Sinai Peninsula. It, it currently in modern day times uh, belongs to Egypt, but it's the. It's basically, if you think of Africa and drew Africa, you wouldn't draw this Sinai Peninsula in it so it's like a little extra nugget in between uh egypt and israel it's like okay it's like the the land towards israel basically uh-huh, that it, makes sense it borders israel in today's times yeah so yeah all those bordering countries of israel the occupied territories it's like there's one territory in each of those um countries so, like, Gaza, I think that's in Egypt. And then, like, yeah. Golan Heights is, like, in Syria. And then, like, this other, the Sinai thing's in Egypt. The West Bank. Yeah, that's Jordan. Jordan. Yep. So, all these, they, like, have, they're trying to get stake they're in the game. They're encroaching. They're encroaching every, every single one. Right. It's fucked up, actually. I have here, America had to step back for a moment because Israel attacked Jordan which is an American ally. Oh, Jesus. And because they had made the first strike. Like Ooh. Israel making the first strike. Right. So it's like your kid's fighting and you just got to... Yeah, you just step back for a little bit. I guess they'll work this out. Here we have... Uh, 
I, the UN, they step back in, try to make something happen. UN Resolution 242. Oh, they, <laughs> they that's can, a quick jump. Yeah. They made, uh, they made 50 other resolutions. Yeah, it says, call for withdrawal to Israel border pre-1967. Mm. That's what they're trying to accomplish there. So they want it back to before the Six-Day War. Yeah. When did this resolution come about? Who? I'm not even necessarily sure. Probably about 1967. So right after the war, the UN was like, hey, hey, yeah. hey, hey. They're like, you guys are kind of doing too much. Yeah, go back to a war before this war started. Yeah, because Israel is pretty aggressive. You yeah. have to say that. So then Israel says what to the UN? Uh, they got three no's for them. No peace, no recognition. No, no, no that's going to happen. So basically the UN Resolution 242... They want Israel to withdraw armies from occupied territories. The f- they want freedom of international waterways. And they want to solve the refugee problem. Right. But, yeah. Makes sense. So basically they want Arabs to recognize Israel and Israel to leave the occupied territories. And stop controlling the waterways. And stop. And the waterways are, are free, free for everybody. Free for everybody. Here I wrote in my notes, page 66, there's a quote to read. Let me open up my book. Ooh, a quote. See, it was probably big enough that I couldn't write it down, but... Okay, let me see here. Oh, okay, I see. The Israel economy boomed and created a sense of well-being and wealth that had not existed before. Israel's were riding a wave of euphoria and self-confidence. Arrogance, even. Here's the quote, I think. We interpret the war not just as a victory, but as a kind of providential messianic event that changed history permanently and gave Israel the power to dictate the future. The new Zionism says that we will not give any territory back. If the Arabs don't like it here, they can get the hell out. And if they stay, we will not give them human rights. And being Jewish is more important than being democratic. Who said this? Who? Fuck, I'm pretty sure a fucking a British, a uh, Israel prime minister said that. David Ben. Gurion? 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 Was that it? No, I don't think it was A him. different guy? I think it was a fucking, I don't even know. Jewish guy. A Jewish guy said that. Yep, yep, yep. Pretty fucked up he said that. Though. I like how it, the quote, first of all, it starts with like big words, like he's all calm and stuff, and then it just goes and to then, small yeah, words dude, like, fuck you and hell. fuck everybody. And Go what to the hell. hell. Yeah. yeah, he just got angrier as he talked. <laughs> even as I read that, I'm like, oh, I'm surprised that's what it said. Yeah, at first you started, I was like, oh, Scott bit off a lot there with that pro- what was it prudential uh, yeah Peruvian? Pro- providential or what pro- what's the second word after pro- providential messianic providential messianic i was like <laughs> oh god scott bit on a lot and then he's, they can all go to hell i was like oh this is more scott speed five yeah. letter words and there some we curses go were mixed in that's why i wanted to read it yeah let's see we have the palestine liberation organization coming together so that is PLO. The PLO. Uh, and that is, is, so I know Yasser Arafat, that's the name I've always heard, right? 
and he is the head of this PLO. I don't know if that's the case. He either becomes the head of it eventually, or he starts yeah. it. Do you know yeah, if he... Yeah, uh, can you spell that for me? Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, well, what's his... Uh... It starts with an A. Oh, it does? Yeah. Uh, yes. His first name starts with an A? Oh, no, sorry. Y-A-S-S-I-R. A-R-A. Oh, okay. I'm hearing it. I'm looking at it here. He's, yeah. Oh, he died in 2004. Don't ruin the ending. But is he the head of the PLO when yeah, it first Yeah, chairman starts? of the PLO and president of the Palestinian Authority from 1969 and 1996, respectively, until his death until November 2004. Okay, so Yasser Arafat starts the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization? Yeah. Operation? What uh, is yeah, organization. Palestinian Liberation Organization. So this is Arabic people living within the, the Israeli state coming together to, to fight to, for a liberation. Yeah. So it's internally now to Israel, and this is led so by ba- Yasser yeah. Arafat. So basically what Israel wants, they say, give us peace, and you get land. Arab says, give us land, and you get peace. So it's really one of those things, you know. Sounds crazy. It's tricky. So Israel's willing to give land back to the uh, Arabic people. That's what it says here, but... So what, sorry, Scott, let's regroup here. What year are we at now? It seems like I'm at around 1973. 1973, the PLO. I'm right around there. So this is, now something big happens, right? Ooh, on August 6, 1973? Well, Well, we skip. I don't know if you want to talk about the uh, Munich Olympics in 1972. What happened? (laughs) I don't, I don't know what happened. Oh, okay. So basically, um, uh, I think, I don't know if it, they were from the PLO, but I, let's say uh, Palestinian extremists uh, broke into the um, Olympic village, kidnapped um, Israeli athletes, and then ended up murdering two of them. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, there was a movie called Munich by uh steven spielberg but anyway okay so that that has really nothing to do with it but that just gives you an idea of the it gives uh, you uh of the climate of yeah. the time okay so now we're in 1973 that is interesting yeah and now we're in 1973 and I, uh what happens I have here, egypt and syria attack israel on yom kippur on their <laughs> big day <laughs> yom, yom kippur yeah and with aid from Wait, the- on their big day. What? All right. Now, this is another thing I've heard that I don't know what exactly it is. What is Yom Kippur? I couldn't tell you. What, yeah. uh, Yom Kippur. I'm pretty sure it's a nice Jewish holiday. Uh, it's like their Christmas, let's say. They, uh, it's like their Super Bowl. It's their Super they Bowl. They all get together. And- they get together, count their income tax. and. Oh, Jesus. I didn't say uh, that. <laughs> it's in the book. That was in the book. Paul Middleton wrote Paul that. Paul Middleton? Why are you writing that? Let's see. That happened. With aid from the U.S., Israel kept the Sinai, Golan Heights, and the West Bank. Which is important because those are the canals. So, like, what, when we said the Suez Canal, the Suez Canal borders up against Egypt and that Sinai Peninsula. Okay, so, if you yeah. control that Sinai Peninsula, you control your waterways into the Mediterranean and then down into uh, the, um, whatever that one is called, the Red Sea. Yeah. And you also control a waterway... Um, up into Israel um, called the Gulf of, oh, baby, uh, Aquaba. 
which uh, you know leads leads into, into Israel. I yeah. Suppose. So control of those canals is like very important. Yeah. It says this here. This war ended in uh, October seventy three. Oh, so it started fucking October six seventy three. It went till October twenty second. Oh, long. They have a lot war. of short wars. Yeah, but this one wasn't this 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 that's war was long enough. War. Yeah, that's, that's like two longer. weeks long where they don't call like, it a short war. Like holy fuck, we've been fighting for a while. It's <laughs> like three times longer than last time. Yeah. Let's see. Then right after then we got UN resolution three three eight. Fuck the UN. They can't get it. They can't get uh, it. Give right. me one sec, Scott. I got to pause. All right, we're good. Okay, so. Yeah, and then the UN, they come up with Resolution 338, Ooh. which basically reiterates the shit from Resolution 242. Right. It's all the same shit. They just wanted to get it done, really. Right. Never really happens, though. They, they keep... can't come to the... Con- they can't do it. Right. By 1977, Israel elects a right-wing oh, leader. Oh, sorry. I also have here in 1975, the UN declares Zionism racist. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what I have here. Ooh, that is that is pretty big. Yeah, yeah. So that that's a big big move actually by the UN. And then, sorry, you jumped to 1977. I I bet you're at Camp David Accord. Is that where you're going? Um, 1977. At a couple. No, actually. It okay, wasn't. sorry. So so let me just go off my timeline really quick up to 1977. So I've, UN declares Zionism racist in 1975. Rescinds it in 1991. So there's quite oh, a bit of time. Oh, they take it back. They take it back. Probably one Ooh. of those resolutions. In not, like 15 years later, though, uh, March That's crazy. 1976, there's a uh, Israeli Arabic protest, so there's starting to be a little uprising. Uh-huh. Uh huh. July 1976, Israeli commandos. Oh, this is something different. Doesn't really matter. But basically, Israeli commandos free Jewish hostages at the Uganda airport. Hey. Hey. <laughs> what are they doing in Uganda? All the it time? all comes back. But yeah. I don't know. I wrote that down. I think it's just because it sounded badass. Like, yeah. where are you? Uganda. Okay, we'll be over there. We'll, we'll free like, you. Where? The middle of Africa? You're in Argentina? All right, we'll be <laughs> we there. We got you. Oh, I like that place. Anyway, so now we're at uh, 1977. Well, in 77, Israel elects a right-wing leader. And in Israel, like how there's right and left-wing politics, mm-hmm. really the separation is their view on... Palestine and what they should do. So a right-wing leader would have a more uh, fuck Palestine view, like we need to take over, and then a left-wing leader would have a more like civilized or let's work with them like and let's come work up with this some out agreement. sort of thing. Like okay. that's how Israeli politics is separated, pretty much. That's that's the understanding that I'm getting. Right. 1981. This is the next thing I have. Israel, they state their right to occupy the territory. So they're kind of just like... Wait, wait, wait. You skipped over some stuff here. Okay, you go. So the Camp David Accord. Um, yeah, so I got the political shift in 1977. And then in 1977, Egypt uh, recognizes Israel as a, as a country, right? Okay. In the Camp David Accord. And then Israel leaves the Sinai Peninsula. So Israel is given back to Egypt that peninsula, which is actually a humongous piece of land. It's like yeah. the size it's like the size of two times Israel, it looks like on this map. Yeah. So they give that back, but in return they get Egypt to be like, Yeah, Israel's a country. Yeah. 
which is, I guess, Yeah, big. it almost goes back to that, that thing over here where I was like, they're like, give us land, we'll give you peace. Give us peace, we'll give you land. Right. Which is like, what a there. weird, like, chicken-eggy argument yeah. to get in. It's like, hey, hey, guys. You, you, you want, want the, the same <laughs> thing here. The UN didn't write that one in their resolutions. Yeah. Let's see. I have here uh, Sadat, which is the Egypt leader. He's able to build bridges with Jimmy Carter, the American president. Right. This so was even big. Though, this was big in his... Uh, so even though uh, Jewish people in Zionism have the connection and ties with America, the Egypt leader is like building his own ties with uh, Jimmy Carter, the American president. Right. Yeah. So we got the withdrawal from Sinai. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sadat offered peace place for withdrawal from Sinai. Oh, this is in 1977. Yeah, Israel denies. It says here, Jimmy Carter offers $3 billion and new air base, but comes with Resolution 242 conditions. I don't know if... uh, that probably happened, you know. I bet Jimmy Carter did give those three billion dollars to uh, the Jewish people. Hmm. So the PLO, the Palestine, Palestine Liberation, Liberation Organization, led by Yasser Arafat, <laughs> their main headquarters is in Lebanon. So they take it's basically uh, the PLO is like is like the Arab representation, really. And they're taking care of 300,000 Palestinians. Mm-hmm. So, like, they have hospitals and stuff for these people. Oh, that's the PLO nice. right. does. You know what I mean? Yep. Israel decides to invade Lebanon on Ooh. June 6, 1982. Nice. To fight the liberation group. Pretty much, PLO, yeah. Because that's where they, they're based. Yeah. Okay. Let's see here. So it pretty much went well for Israel. A lot of Lebanese Seems people. Seems like everything just keeps going well for Israel. Here. Yeah. So there's more Lebanese people living outside of Lebanon than in Lebanon. At this time. Present. Uh, no, not really at this time, but now present day. That's uh, what okay. it is. And why is that? Because of all the uh, fucked up shit, really. Because it, it was their home, and then Israel invades Lebanon. And so now they're kind of like, they would have to fight to live. And now yeah, like instead we, they move. He's like, let's just move. Let's, I don't want to fight to live. Right. Yeah, so there's like Jewish settlements in, this, in the occupied territories, and those increase. Ooh. September 16th, 1982, Israeli army killed 2,000 Palestinians, women and children. Ooh, that was a... That's not a nice move. They do a lot of stuff What like year that. was this? That was 1982. That's when they invaded Lebanon. Yeah. They're just... They just... They were busy. They got angry. All right, so Here, they at, take over... They invade Lebanon. Yeah, I'm going to read this thing from uh, this uh, Paul Middleton book. Right. That explains the occupied territories. Let me just... Let me see here. So, 
All right, here, here's a, here's a, here's a, a, a paragraph. The security angle is very useful for international public consumption. The logic goes like this. We settle the land because the land acts as a barrier between our hostile Arab neighbors and us. If we can stop them before they get to Israel proper, we have a chance on surviving any attack. So basically, they justify having those occupied territories as a defense mechanism. Yeah, it's like a buffer zone. Yeah, before a you buffer zone before you actually get to Israel. Gotcha. I don't know. Makes sense. But basically, they're like, we're gonna just going to fuck you up first. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. What, what do you have on your timeline here? That's what I have. So I have them invading... Um, Le uh, sorry, I have them invading Israel, invading Lebanon in 1982 to fight Palestinian Liberation Group. So, because the PLO, like you said, is uh, is based in Lebanon, and then um, eventually in 1985 they withdraw from Lebanon. So I just skipped over three years. Yeah, that sounds good. So now at this time, Israel is just Israel, and there's Arabic people living within Israel not really liking their life too much. Yeah. Right. Pretty much. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, so basically there's a kind of a division in Israel between left and right wing politics. Mm -hmm. That's not really a big deal. Right, but it just shows that, like, you know, the uh, opinion within Israel is split. Yeah. So the right wing, like Scott said uh, earlier is the more like, hey, we're Israel, fuck Palestine. And the left wing is more willing to make some sort of two-state yeah, solution, solution, as yeah, we yeah. about. Here, I have in June of 88, the king of Jordan relinquishes attachment, attachment to the West Bank and gives it to Palestinians for a home. And well, then in skipped, November... Skipped, uh, what, what do you got? In 87, there's the first Arab uprising. It's called the, the first Intifada. Oh, okay, Intifada. I got that here. That's in 87. Yeah. Right, so what, what do you got there? That's basically it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so the first Intifada, uh, which kind of, you know, foreshadows to a second one because it's named the first. Uh, so it's an Arabic uprising in occupied territories uh, Muslim Brotherhood in Gaza forms Hamas. Now, what's Hamas? Do you know what Hamas is? Because it, it formed during this first Arab uprising where they basically re revolted. I don't even know what Hamas is. Hamas is going to become a major player in the area, Scott. Oh, is he a person? No, it's a group. Scott, what's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you tell me what Hamas right, is. I... I was hoping you would be able to fill that in. I didn't bother looking it up. Oh, here, but, let uh, me see if I can find something yeah, here. Yeah, see if there's something in there. You know, and you're saying that they're talking about hummus the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> that this guy is putting in that. I honestly on don't hummus. know why they named it that. Like, it's like, don't you know that like we're all gonna get it confused for hummus? Yeah, seriously. No, I'm gonna find it pretty soon. Seriously, pun. Fun, fun. All right, Hamas. Ooh, from the Arabic, meaning to be zealous or ardent. Sweet. That's the name good. of the radical Islamic nationalist Palestinian group. There you go. 
So now there's two groups. There's Hamas, which is, seems to be this it's radical. It's more of a radical group. Yeah, ju judging by that description. And then yeah. there's the PLO, which is more which of Which is a, more of a group that's just trying to take care of people to live. Right. But they, they you know, they have some good things. Yeah. But then they also, the uh, PLO also turns to violence at times. Yeah, but they, true. they do a lot of good for the Arabic people. Like they build hospitals, schools yeah. and all that. And they, like you were saying. Yeah. Right. That, uh, that's tricky, actually. Yeah. So now that happened. So now Hamas is formed during the first Intifada. Yeah. Which happened in 1987. Yeah. So I have here USA and Israel still, they view PLO as a terrorist organization. Mm, okay. PLO leader addresses UN. So that would be Yasser Arafat. Yeah. He recognizes Israel and accepts resolutions 242. What year is he addressing the UN in? Uh, I don't have what year, but it'd be before 90. It'd be between like 88 and 90. Hmm. So where does that leave us? With uh, 89? Yeah, I guess. Okay, so we'll say 89. The PLO leader addresses Israel and accepts it. Uh, Israel is kind of backed into a corner because they're getting what they want. You know? Right, they just want to be acknowledged. Yeah. They're just like, just say we're real. And then they did. And they did, and now Israel's And now they're like, kind of backed into a corner. Right. But Israel kind of doesn't, doesn't really uh, accept it. They want to keep going. They want to just win the war. Right, with, they with Lebanon. They, they don't want to just like accept a truce. They'd rather just take it all the way. Right. Who are they fighting at this point? Uh, basically, they're fighting... Just like the the Arabs still remaining there and the PLO and oh, uh, okay. the uprising. And, yeah. All the uprising. Let's see. I'm at Bush Sr. here. Bush Sr. government wants Israel to cut the crap a bit, but politics in Israel complicates things. Hmm. Ooh. Yeah, we're at Saddam Hussein, 1990. All right. Yep. Iraq fires some missiles over at... Uh, Kuwait? Israel. Well, Kuwait, but then there's some that get fired at Israel. Yeah. Go ahead. You you, you fill it in. Well, Saddam Hussein, he, yeah, he was more of a supporter of Palestine. But he kind of gave them a bad rap because he doesn't have a good reputation. Right. So like, Come on, dude. You can't be... So you can't really get support from the Western world right. if Saddam if Hussein Saddam is Hussein's your representative. <laughs> you <know? laughs> That's not a good guy. Yeah. It's like when Donald Trump had that KKK guy supporting him. Yeah. So that's like not Duke, a good look. Uh, Donald Duke or whatever. Yeah, that's not a good look. Okay. Yeah, so the PLO, they don't really, their money's starting to dry up. Right. So they're starting to die, really. And they've recognized Israel as a state in front of the UN. Yeah. The USSR collapses as a country, and 650,000 immigrants... Go to go to Israel, I believe. Hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, because you weren't allowed to leave the USSR. Yeah. Gotcha. So it collapses, then more Jewish people come. come more to Jewish Israel. people come. USA gives billions to Israel. That's nice of them. Yeah, they do that quite a bit. There's billions. Palestinians no longer able to work in Kuwait. Fuck. Okay. Palestinians. 
the PLO is doing bad. Peace deal more possible now that Israel has the upper hand. Mm-hmm. 1992, the left-wing government takes over in Israel. Bam, there you and go. A, and a peace talk so left-wing, starts, to, left-wing government, starts to happen. The ones that are willing for these peace talks that will work with the Palestinians. So they meet with the PLO leader, Yasser Arafat. Mm-hmm. And then they signed the Oslo Declaration. Correct? In Oslo, yeah. I, I'm with you there. And then what, what does the Oslo Declaration do? Well... What, do you have what it does? Or? Um, I have parts of it, I guess. So basically, the Oslo Declaration is signed by the PLO leader, um, Yasser Arafat, and the Israeli Prime Minister, who I have his name here, I think. It's Benjamin Netanyahu. These <laughs> 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 fucking names. It's this Ben guy. So Ben and Yaz, as we, uh, you know, we're on a first name basis, so. Yeah. They, they meet. They sign this Oslo Declaration. It gives pa- Palestine self-government and ends the first Antifada. Right? Yeah. And then Israel, as a result of it, Israel uh, withdraws from ga- the, the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. Uh-huh. And then what ends up happening, this was such a great uh, momentous, um, you know, uh, thing that occurred here that they they ended up winning the Nobel Pri- Peace Prize uh, for this uh, Oslo Declaration. Oh, they did. Yeah. So Yasser Arafat goes from guy running a terrorist group or what some thought was a terrorist group to winning the Nobel Peace Prize along with uh, some Israeli. It wasn't the Israeli Prime Minister when it was some Israeli representative of the Prime Minister. Yeah. And then Al Gore, in two thousand nine, won the Nobel Peace Prize for making a documentary. About the weather. <laughs> so. Yes, uh, you can really do anything and win that prize. Yeah, I mean, Yasser Arafat and this is the Israeli guy. I mean, he kind of put it, an end to, to a 4,000-year conflict. Yeah, and Al Gore made That him. was a great movie. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> but anyway, okay, so yeah, that's I where ha- we're I at. have the Oslo Accord... Uh, yeah, I have... The, it's, there's five things that Paul Middleton says it did. The implementation, the implementation of U.S. resolution of the U.N. resolutions 242 and 338, establishment of Palestinian self-government. There you go. West Bank and Gaza Strip lands go back. Mm-hmm. The PA would take care of security, making sure there were no attacks on Israel. Now, who's the PA? Yeah, I'm wondering about that too. The PA. And the last thing is final status negotiations would deal would deal with Jerusalem, refugees, settlements, security arrangements, and borders. These negotiations would take place no later than the third year of the five year transitional process. So okay, so here here's what the PA the PA is the Palestinian National Authority. So All I'm right. guessing it's the government. Uh, it says here is the interim self-government body established in 1994 following the Gaza-Jericho agreement to govern the Gaza Strip. So there's some other agreement that came out of this Oslo Declaration. Uh-huh. As a consequence, right, so it comes out, it says that here on the Wikipedia, as a consequence of the 1993 Oslo Accords. So the PA is the government of the uh, Palestinian 
portions of the state. So basically what happened is you had a shift in the Israeli politics. So this new prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, yeah. got elected. A left-wing. A left-wing guy. So yeah. he starts meeting with the PLO. They signed this Oslo Accord, which effectively gives you peace, but it returns some of the land uh, back to the uh, Palestinians. Yeah. And then in the meantime, the Palestinians agree to protect and stop um, any attacks on Israel. Wow, the Oslo Accord worked out pretty well for the... It won a Nobel Peace Prize. For the fucking... That was a good fucking accord. Yeah, well, it didn't really give much to Israel, it sounds like. So how many things have you read off on what what happened with those accords so far? Or the, uh, oh, that was it. So what were the five again? Five is... Really, it's uh, implementing UN Resolutions 242 and 338. Okay. Which is basically like saying, like, work, start working on peace... Uh, establishing a Palestine self-government, returning West Bank and Gaza Strip to their owners. Right. Yeah, the PA would take care of security, making sure there were no attacks on Israel. Right. That's kind of tough. Yeah, but I guess they would be the ones attacking them anyway, so... Right. And then... Final status negotiations would deal with Jerusalem, refugees, settlements, security arrangements, and borders. So still a lot to work on. So there's out. still a lot to work on. And they have, they got to work on that within three or three to five years, pretty much. Right. Yeah, so all that happens. At that time, Israel is the fourth largest military Oh, shoot. Powder. I got the prime minister wrong. The... Sorry, the prime minister at the time of Israel was Yitzhak Rabin. Oh, that's what I was... Yitzhak Rabin. He was the left-wing guy that initiated all these peace talks. Oh. Yeah, sorry. That's all right. So all this great stuff. Basically, they give up... In order for peace and to be recognized as an as a state, Israel gives up a bunch of stuff, it seems, to... Quite a bit, but those occupied territories, they were just like... They didn't have rights to them in the first place. Right, so. and they were just like a, what they described, in I guess, in that book as a buffer zone yeah. to, to help keep Israel. I have Israel. here secular Jews, which is about two-thirds of Jews, like the Oslo Agreement, I don't while even know religious what a secular... Jews oh, don't. Gotcha. Yeah, the religious ones. They're back with Abraham. They want fucking the Abraham deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but the secular Jews are more fucking reasonable. They're like, yeah, okay. And then the... Here, I have uh, February 25th, 1994. A Jewish doctor killed 25 Palestinians because of the Oslo Agreement. That's not good. And there is a shrine supporting this guy. Ooh. Aye, aye, aye. Gotta take that down. Forty days later, Palestine suicide bomber killed seven Jews. That's not good. So even though they have this agreement, you know they ain't. They're still a little. They're still uh, going at it. Individual activism going out there. Ooh. Yeah, I have Israeli prime minister killed in. Yeah, that's a big one. Killed. All right, but first, all right. So, uh, 1994, uh, Jordan and Israel also signed a peace treaty, which is, uh, um, you know, that's pretty important. Big. As well, yeah. So yeah. basically, Jordan's what borders up uh, on the West Bank there. So that, that that is also important. But yeah, you're right. So in 1995, Yitzhak Rabin, 
is shot dead in Tel Aviv. <laughs> so the Israeli Prime Minister, Yazak Rabin, is shot dead in Tel Aviv by a Jewish extremist. Yeah, let me guess. Was it Yugil Amir? It might have been, because I didn't write that. I just wrote okay. Jew extremist down on my paper to save space. I didn't even put the ish on it. Yeah, which then means another guy gets elected prime minister, uh, the one I incorrectly uh, stated previously, yeah. Benjamin Netanyahu. And what is he politically? Oh, he's right wing. Oh, baby. Oh, fuck. man. Changing of the seasons. That changes. <laughs> yeah. And this then, is the dawning of the age, age of Benjamin Hanahadru. <laughs> uh, I, I can see why they never use that as the lyric. Uh, so they considered it. Yeah. Uh, after Uganda, they considered it. <laughs> anyway, so then he puts it, this Benjamin Hanahadru, uh, <laughs> I'm sure uh, pronouncing his name is some sort of a uh, crime, but uh, wrong is some sort of crime. But anyway, so he's right wing. So he puts a stop to everything, basically, in this Oslo declaration. Yeah. He's like, nah, not happening. Nope. Bye. Right? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. You know, I have uh, Syria and the Golan Heights is really like the big occupied territory that's still like a big issue. Mm -hmm. The other ones, it kind of got back. Let's see here. Uh, let's see. I have here, allegedly Israel offered 90% of West Bank and Gaza for a few hundred thousand Palestinians to return. But this is a rumor, cannot be confirmed. Right. Let's see. What What's your timeline looking like over there? My timeline actually ends now. Mine's almost done as well. All right. So I got uh, – basically, I have that Benjamin Hanu guy uh, putting in the Hebron Protocol, which basically takes back everything from the Oslo Accord. And then in 2000, I have Isra Israel still withdraws from Lebanon in uh, 2000. Okay. Yeah, I have that. Okay. I have here, uh, Israel builds a 700-kilometer wall. Damn. Pretty much viewed as a land grab, but they put it up as a site as, like, for security purposes. Right. If you were to ask them why, they put it up. Yeah. Security. And that, <laughs> it's security. I like to say. And this is in what year? That's around 2000 as well. Yeah. So then I have 9-11, like the 9-11, then USA and Israel can fit their uh, war on terror agendas together. Mm -hmm. Because after 9-11, people viewed Arab people as dangerous, mm -hmm. Western people, Americans. And so you could definitely get people on board to fight against Palestine right? in terms of that agenda. So what year are you at? 2001. Okay, so also what happened then is in 1999... There was another election in, in Israel, and now there you have a new prime minister, a labor-led coalition elected under Ehud Barak, who pledges to move ahead with talks with Palestine and Syria. So we moved back left wing. Yeah. And then that's what initiates the pullout from Lebanon. So in 2000, Israel withdraws from southern Lebanon, although Lebanon disputes status of 
Sheba Farms area. So there's still some dispute over the areas. In 2000 of July, talks between the Prime Minister Barak and Yasser Arafat break down over timing and extent of proposed further Israeli withdrawal from the West Bank. So they, they were trying, at least. Yeah, they are trying. Yep. Okay, sorry. Uh, go, go ahead. Uh, pretty much where my present timeline ends, like 9-11 happens. So the USA is going to war. Israel is like just going to jump on the back of that mm-hmm. and take their momentum. And then Hamas, that terrorist group, is kind of embraced by the Palestinians because now they have nothing else really to go for. Like, they need... Like, Israel is just fucking them left and right. They might as well have a terrorist organization, like... Right. ...being their representative. And then... So now Hamas is the... ...replaces the PLO as, like, the, uh, I guess, figurehead of uh, Palestinians. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And then from there, we're kind of at the end of the Paul Melton Israel versus Palestine book. He couldn't look into the future and tell us where we're at. And he never wrote another book. He, he might He's not like, have. I'm done with the... Yeah. I, it's this is an, wearing on me. So now it seems like a lot of it shifts between when the shifts in uh, politics. Yeah, so now there's a shift in politics. Okay, so now I have my timeline. So um, let's let's pause. Okay, yeah. All right, we're back. Um, we gotta wrap this motherfucker up. Yeah, uh, we can give the rest of the story later, I suppose. Uh, so it's uh, two. Oh. No, we're, we're we gotta finish. We gotta finish what we started here. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I know what you mean. But we don't got to get into year by year or anything like that. Yeah, so we'll, we, So where are we at? Like 2005? Uh, we're pretty much, if you ask me, pretty, oh, wait, we're when, pretty much at 2000s. Bush. Yeah, so Bush comes in, okay. Bush comes in, he's like very pro-Israel. Right. That's the impression that I'm getting. Right. And then during that time... You have so, a change. There's a change in the Palestinian or the uh, Israeli government. This uh, this new prime minister from a right party. Okay. Ariel Sharon. <laughs> finally, an easy... Uh, That's a nice name. Easy one there. Um, he gets elected in 2001. Yeah, and so... And stops the talks. Yeah, there's no peace talks during that time. Done. He's, a, he's stopping these, uh, these peace talks. It's pretty much nothing... And then Operation Defensive Shield occurs, which you've mentioned. It's when um, um, they put up... uh, Oh, no, sorry. What happens in Operation Defensive Shield, that occurs in 2002. um, On the West Bank, uh, there's a Palestinian suicide bombing. And that triggers the largest military operation between Palestine and Israel since 1967, the Six-Day War. Ooh, yeah, that's big. And then your barrier gets established around the West Bank. They put in that fence. Okay. Which they're like, hey, it's for protection. We're having a big war here. Yeah. And then Palestine's like, no, it's a land grab. You're not following your fence. It's just shit fence. Yeah. It's not following the right uh, boundaries the, the that bylaws. were established yeah. after the Six-Day War. So then the UN, US, and Russia propose a roadmap to peace in 2003, which freezes the West Bank Jewish settlements and ends attacks on Israel. So both Israel and Palestine agree to this. Okay. Um, And then 2004, 
the barrier that Israel was building, um, the international court is like, that's, that's shit. That's shit barrier. Okay. And then 2005, Israel, so because of that UN uh, thing, Israel withdraws all Jewish settlers and military personnel from Gaza. Uh, but they keep, they keep controls of the water and airspace okay, and the border crossings. That's bad. Well, that's that's good for Israel. Good for Israel, I guess. And they got peace, I suppose. And then, but and then, 2006, Ariel Sharon, oh. <laughs> <laughs> easy name, has a stroke, and is replaced by Eud Almert. It's like, damn, Ariel just could have hung out longer. And then this is Hamas wins the Palestinian election and then immediately rocket attacks Israel. <laughs> so Israel raids the West Bank. So, so they were withdrawing from the or the Gaza Strip. They were withdrawing from the Gaza Strip. But then Hamas, yeah, not just making hummus and baba ganoush anymore. Uh, They're elected uh, ahead of the the Palestinian, um, you know. States. Wow, what a what a road Hamas had there. So we had the PLO yeah, representing the Palestinians. They yeah. were doing all right. You know, they had some terrorist stuff going on, but that was their secondary thing. Mm-hmm. And then Hamas comes in. Their their first pri- pri- uh, priority is terrorism. Right. <laughs> <They're like> pri- <laughs> <laughs> and then that takes them all the way to win the election. Yeah, of the Palestinian. Of the Palestinian. Because the, well, Yasser Arafat died in this time too. So I'm guessing the PLO probably fell apart. Yeah. And that, you know, sort of, you need a leader of some sorts if you're Palestine. PLO's Fuck, done. They need a leader for. for well, they had him. Yasser Arafat. He was not doing too bad. He had that big peace agreement and all yeah. that stuff. Things seemed to be going well. He got back to the West Bank. He won a Nobel Peace Prize. A little, little trophy there. A little hardware little for the Oslo trophy case. Accord. Yeah, a little Oslo Accord. And then, he, unfortunately, he dies of old age, or whatever <laughs> he dies of. I don't know. Yeah. A broken heart. Um, <laughs> and now Hamas is the lone group standing to, to control Palestine. Huh. Okay. Yep. And then, so what does Hamas do? They take a prisoner and they demand the release of other Palestinian prisoners. They arrest, they take a Israeli as a prisoner and hold them. And oh. then, uh-oh, major clashes occur. Um, to the point where Israel ends up invading the Gaza Strip again after they withdrew. Um, to stop these Hamas launching rockets. So okay. the Hamas is like, we're just going to rocket you for the next... Uh, they win the election. They're like, first priority. Next two to three years, we're just going to rocket Israel. Yeah. And eventually Israel's like, well, stop rocketing us. <laughs> That's a lot of rockets, man. Huh? Yeah. So they go in. And then, oh, man, now guess who comes back? Guess who gets elected? They oh. have another election. Oh, not, let me guess. Oh, guess. Ben. Oh, fucking Ben. <laughs> oh, God. Benjamin Netanyahu gets elected right political leader, far right. Yeah. Oh, Fuck. shit. So now what happens? The talks fall apart due to the settlement uh, thing. Ben's not going to stand for these settlements being included. So he's like, fuck you guys. And now we're back where we started. Yeah. We got Hamas being all mean. Yeah, Israel being like fuck everybody, and I, I I can pick up a little bit where you left ah, off. Oh, okay. We got and then Bush ends. We got Obama coming in. Yep. And then 2010, 2011, there are peace talks 
mm-hmm. between the Israeli prime minister and the Palestinian Hamas leader. Right. I don't know their names. Right. They make peace talks, but nothing happens. Yeah, that's the ones that fell apart. Nothing happened. Over okay. the talk of settlements. And then, really, I have nothing really happening until Trump. Yeah, so now they're just like, fuck it. We're just going to live like this. You can rocket us for the next whatever rocket amount us, of years. We'll, we'll rocket you. And Trump is super pro-Israel. Mm. He is very, very pro-Israel. He puts together a peace agreement. You know who put it together was Jared Kushner, his, oh. his son-in-law. That's always good. It's like, hey, hey, who should uh, negotiate this peace agreement? That's between this age-old Israel <laughs> versus Palestine. Fuck. Uh, I know that. Was, I know a guy. What's his name there? I met him at Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, Jerry. Jerry Kushner. Jerry. Yeah, Cushy. 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 Cush. Something. Cush. Yeah, get over there. Uh, do old uh, father-in-law a favor. So their peace agreement basically gave it. it their proposal basically gives Israel everything they want. Right. And, like, really, it would give Palestine 30 to $40 billion over five years. So, basically, it would give Israel everything, and Palestine would get some money over, like, five years. So, does this include the... Uh the Gaza, so, the Gaza Strip and all that, the West Bank would go back to Israel? Uh... Like how does this work? Like in the, in that potential agreement, all that stuff would go to Israel. All those occupied territories. What? Yeah. The West Bank. The West Bank. Like in that, but this that, it's like a proposal. Hamas is not gonna like that one. Yeah, it's a proposal, but it's not gonna happen. Oh, did so Hamas not like that? Yeah. Why would they agree to that? There was no agreement. Uh, uh, but that's like that was like Trump's proposal. What a shit proposal. Because I guess each president would almost have to make their own proposal of, like, what to do. Yeah. And they'd be like, two-state solution? And they're like, we had 296 UN resolutions proposing that. <laughs> you know, uh, okay, yeah. I have uh, some, some uh, okay, so, fuck. So, say in this area, present day. There's 6.6 million Israeli Jews. Right. There's 1.8 million Palestinians with rights. So either the the Israeli Jews had some immigration, yeah. or there's nothing else to do in the desert when you're being rocketed by Hamas other than fuck. Make sweet love. Make some sweet love <laughs> under the beautiful rocket lights when they get yeah. that red glare. 6.6 million Jews, 1.8 million Palestinians with rights, but 4.7 million Palestinians without citizenship or rights. Mm. So there still is more Arabs. But they have no citizenship. But they don't have rights. Oh, this is not good. That's not good. In 2018, there was 189 Palestinians killed. 31 children. That's not good. That's not... You can't have 31... How many Palestinians in total, though? Were killed? Yeah. 189. Oh, and 13 were kids? That's not a good percentage. Uh, check out this stat. Gaza's unemployment rate, 55%. Ooh. Gaza's I wonder what they, they must just not hang out there. It seems like Israel is trying to destroy 
Gaza. Yeah. The people within it. Just like, yeah, so we're just going to bleed you 80% of Gaza's 2 million people depend on humanitarian aid. Oh, wow. That's fucked. Yeah. I have some stats here that are pretty fucked up. Okay. Okay, in 2018... Okay, yeah, so there's a border, the border crossing between Gaza and, like, the rest of the shit. Between Gaza and Israel. Yeah. In, tw- in 2018, 274 Palestinians were, were uh, on average, allowed to cross that border a day. Mm-hmm. 274. Compared to in September 2000, it was 24,000 people a day. Damn. So, so like that's how restricted anywhere. it is. Yeah. To cross that border, like you're you're like stuck. Yeah. That is fucked. Like Israel is purposely letting Gaza go to shit. Mm-hmm. They pretty much, and if they let it go to shit, they can justify taking it over. Yeah. Like hey, it's shit. It's here. like you guys live in a shithole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, and is Hamas still in control of Palestine? No. Israel is in full control. When did that happen? We missed something. I don't know what we missed, but... Probably when they invaded. Did they invade eventually? I think I read something there where they invaded to to stop Hamas shooting rockets at them. That's probably when they, like, like, hey, this is ours now. Fuck yourselves. Here's some... Here's some... uh, You can't be shooting rockets at people. Here's some stats here. Since since September 2000, Mm -hmm. which is, like, George Bush taking over. Yeah. 1,200 Israelis have been killed, 9,500 Palestinians. Oh. So there's the jump. There's the gap. That's quite a big gap. 11,000. That's approximately 1,200 touchdowns. Pretty much. They're down by quite a bit. They're down by a lot. That's a lot. Here's, here's some more points they're down by. 11,000 Israel people have been injured, 95,000 Palestinians. Well, fuck. Got to watch where you walk. How much money a day do you think America gives to Israel? Billion. I wish he said lower. <laughs> $10.5 million <laughs> this doesn't sound like that to much. the military. Oh, okay. So every day, America gives Israel $10.5 <laughs> million. That is a lot. That is a lot. I wish you said low. <laughs> Guess how many uh, Palestinians have ever taken Israeli people prisoner? Zero. This has become a fun, uh, a fun. Well, there was the one guy. The one guy. Yeah. But since uh, September 2000. Oh. It's zero. Zero. And now there's currently. No, wait. There's the one guy. The one guy was taken in 2006. Okay. All right. We'll, uh. we'll forget about him. <laughs> But well, we got 6,200 <laughs> Palestinians in prison right now. We just called the one guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one guy. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So basically, these stats are all to say that Israel is on top and Palestine's fucked. Yeah. Zero Israel, like Jewish, when I say Israel, Jewish homes have been destroyed. Damn, that's pretty good. 48,000 Palestinian homes have been destroyed. Right. There's a big number yeah, right there. That's a big gap there's a big gap zero to forty-eight thousand. it's big you know to some uh, you know anybody listening we appreciate you uh i i can't believe anybody would uh 
stick around for stick, the stick around two hours and 20 minutes. But we just sum it up. We're going to edit this down. We'll, sum, we'll, we, we'll edit it down to 15 minutes. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, we'll probably, we'll probably have to record some other stuff to summarize. How would you sum it up? I don't know what the current state is. Like that's what we try to the start current, with. The, but for no me, one knows. the current state is Israel, Israel is winning everything. They're gonna win. Well, I don't think they're gonna win because then you just end up with these um, like guerrilla type forces. You never win. It's like the Maybe same you sort never of deal. Win. Yeah. Well, like Vietnam or like even in Iraq to some extent that the Americans faced. I'm just I'm using yeah. these two things as a thing. You know, where you win, you you own all the land, but then there's still people constantly uprising okay you that's know? true yeah so. it's like you can only win so much but you're never like fully the game's never really over it's never over fuck and there's no end in sight right now the, the the end in sight unless something changes for fucking the palestinians it's not looking good for them nope it's not looking good at not all Not looking good it's looking to a place where Israel will be a tourist destination for for Jews or friends of Jews. And then they'll say, Palestine, yeah, I think I've heard of that. What was that again? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I. it'll come to a point where Palestine just won't even be a topic of the freaking, won't even come up. Right. That's my, my prediction. Well, don't you think in the media... At this point, it's starting to sway back Palestine's way, like the Maybe. the support. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's a hot it's a hot button topic here. It is a pretty hot button topic. They're, they're good at staying in the news. Yeah, both sides keeping the <laughs> any good press. Any press is good press. I guess, including including the press given by Free Netflix Online, which I don't know what we've accomplished today, other than we gave like a timeline. That well, was kind of we, we fun. summed up. Quite a bit. I suppose we gave a timeline, and we don't really know what's going on right now. Right now, we're we didn't that's, read that part because Ben Middleton never wrote a part two to his book. Yeah, Paul Middleton. Yeah, whatever. And his brother Ben, ben didn't do it either. <laughs> <laughs> but fuck. For, for, but for present day, it seems like Israel. No, Palestine is fucked. Completely fucked. Like Palestinians are completely fucked. That's why yeah. everything in Syria is related to that. How so? The war in Syria and stuff like that is all right. related okay. to that. How? I can't necessarily even tell you how. <laughs> Top secret. <laughs> but it's like it has to be. Right. There's no way it's not because America is butting it up with Israel because of their power over because the of their Middle East connection right all the oil and all that stuff why would they butt up with egypt with all these arab people that they they don't even know the language i don't, I don't think israel has any oil yeah but i don't know maybe it's like a base yeah it's, it's like, like america kind of has like you a got base an ally in the area yeah it's pretty much like that yeah wow, I'll, so I'll what an you, odd a, situation a cool 10.5 million a day they should have just kept that Sinai Peninsula. It looks like a lovely strip of land. Yeah. They should have all moved in there. You know, the, the UN resolutions, right? That, that's when the UN has to step in and say something. Yeah, and I like there's, how they're always like, nah, fuck you. UN. There's been uh, 77 involving Israel. Right. There's been one involving the Palestinians. What do you mean? Like, that, wa- that wasn't like, tied with Israel. 
Oh. So like the UN has had to step in. Be like Israel. And be like Israel. You got to so, relax. 77 times. Yeah. But, but with not, Palestine, they did it once. Right. So Israel's been, it's kind of a, you know, a, monkeying around. They're a, a bully. They're just bullying. So they're you're bullying. on you're on Team Palestine. A little, well, a little After bit. After that resolution. I feel that, bad uh, for Palestine. Now you feel bad for them. Everyone but, should feel bad. But at the beginning, you were like, Abraham <laughs> makes the case. That's their land. <laughs> Yeah, there's this website. It's called ifamericansknew.org. Right, okay. And it's all about the Israel-Palestine thing. Look at this list here on my phone. It shows a list of uh, Palestinians killed versus Israelis killed. Right. Just scroll through it, and it goes... It starts with July 2019, where we're at. Mm -hmm. Just friendly scroll through it and see how many more Palestinians have been killed. Right. Well, they're like uh, they—they're not an organized army, and they're going up against a very well-trained, yeah. funded army. Like you're going to. But get they're not necessarily squashed. at war right now. I know, but if you start anything, you—you think you'd be squashed. Yeah. Yeah, and the ages of these people is—you uh, know—they're all young, young people. They want to kill the young ones. Seriously, Israel is fucking nasty. All right. Well, we got to. I think <laughs> now we're getting into a little bit of. Uh, yeah, yeah I'll we got to be careful now. You got to be careful. Yeah, you know, I don't want my comedy, my comedy gig in Israel. I want to sell <laughs> tickets, going in the morning radio in Israel. Yeah. Hey guys, I'll be at the Chuckle Hut in Tel Aviv. <laughs> <laughs> is it Tel Aviv? Tel, yeah, Tel Aviv is like the city in Israel. Yeah, it's the capital. Yeah. Or oh, got to be careful. It's the. Uh, I don't know what it's called. Jerusalem's the capital, right? Tel Aviv is like the. Uh-oh, I made this mistake with my boss who was a Jewish It's a man. city. Yeah, it's a big city. Oh, fuck. Israel has got to relax. I'll say that. I, I, won't, I won't take too strong of a stance. I'll say this. Yeah. But Israel, you got to relax. Just chill out for a Just few years. Just chill out. What about Just, Hamas, though? Hamas? How can they relax? <laughs> really? You tell me how they can relax. They got ah, fifty-five percent so... unemployment. Yeah, that's not good. What else are they gonna do but rebel? Right. There's only yeah, less than half do. of them go to work. Do they even have Netflix over there? Fuck. And nothing probably, to do. They probably don't even know the history of, of what of what we're talking yeah, about. Well at least they can listen to us and somewhat at the very least listen to you go, uh yeah. let me see. <laughs> <laughs> We gotta wrap this up for anybody who's listening because yeah. I don't think we have anything new to say. Uh, we have nothing new to say. <laughs> like, just... Your opinions have completely changed. No, I, I don't were, think they have. Were, I but thought you were leaning pro-Israel at the beginning. I was just trying to sum it up. Oh, but now you seem to be all but Palestine. The Abraham. At, at the moment, I'm, I'm more Palestine. I'm like, yeah. fuck, <laughs> they got they getting fucked. trounced. You know, I went out with a girl from Israel. Oh, and she was pro-Israel. Would you believe that? No, I can't. Yeah. Well, how did you go with this girl from Israel? Uh, we met on Bumble. Oh, that's nice. It was nice. Did you have sex with her? Yeah, we had sex. What uh, was this? I- Israeli style. What was this? So that means that she was the dominant one. <laughs> <laughs> I said, treat me like the Gaza Strip, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Uh, and that like is it. Ago, Thank you yeah. for listening. That is our update on the Israel-Palestine conflict. Maybe in 20 years, we'll do better than what 
Well, what's his name? Paul Middleton did and give you another update. Yeah. And you know what? We'll we'll educate you guys later on something else. And I just thank yeah. you, everybody. Yeah, thank you. And God bless. This has been a free Netflix online special report. God bless. <laughs>